Ohana means family. Family means nobody, nobody gets left behind or forgotten. Hey, Jumper Kagabli! What? After all you put me through, you expect me to help you just like that? Just like that? Ugh. Fine. Fine? You're doing what he says. Uh, he's very persuasive. Persuasive? Welcome, welcome to the podcast that puts the plus in Disney Plus. It's Talking the Mickey. My name is Ian. My name's Ellie. And I'm Ethan. And we are here today to talk about the audience's choice of a film. And I don't want to say disparaging things about our audience because I like our audience. But, <laughs> I like our audience. But why'd they have to pick Lilo and Stitch? <laughs> Oh no! This is going to be this is going to be an argument. Well, episode, no, to be, isn't it? no, to be fair, that was, that was how I felt before I put the pod, before I put the, the things out there. Whether or not Me I still too. feel that way, we'll we'll definitely talk about. I was not looking forward to watching this. I don't know what it is about it. What is it about Lilo and Stitch that seems to? Because Ethan, I, I know you're kind of positive on it, but Ellie, you, not so much. It seems. What was it about Lilo and Stitch that just doesn't resonate? I don't know. I'd seen it once before and just remembered not liking it. I don't really know. I didn't particularly. I didn't really find it very memorable, so I wasn't sure what it was, but just kind of a lasting impression that wasn't good. Yeah, this is part of the session where I keep thinking this is like Disney just in a room with a bunch of like 40 to 50 year old white guys going, what do kids think is cool? And then trying to write a film about that. And that's kind of yeah. my concern is I think the root story is actually quite interesting, but um, and I hadn't thought about it in, in these terms until I watched it this time. But um, I think it, there's a little bit of 2000s Disney-itis. Not as bad as some of them, but, but by far. But uh, I think there is a case of it in this film. Uh, Ethan, you, you didn't seem to be nearly as negative about it. Tell us a little bit about, about Lilo and Stitch and your – because you're a big Stitch fan. We talked about it in the last episode. I can see your little Stitch mm-hmm. uh, Sorcerer oh, yeah. Mickey thing in the background there. Yeah, I am a I'm a big fan of Lilo and Stitch. Um, I I've always enjoyed sort of the the movies, bar the second one because the second one's absolutely trash, and I will never defend that. But I watched the TV show as a kid a lot, so I, I enjoyed that. Um, I enjoyed the park presence uh, when there's a really awful ride that replaced an a, a, a ride based on Alien, like James Cameron's Alien uh, that Stitch Wait, then in a, in a Disney park. Yeah. Okay. This is a complete side tangent, but in like the 90s, when Lucasfilm was a thing, Disney were like, we need a really cool ride for the teenagers, so we'll do Alien. And then it was too scary, so in the 2000s, they replaced it with Stitch, and it's just Stitch's escape, and no one likes it. Um, it, 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 it it's a natural transition, hmm. outer space to outer space. Yeah, it works. Yeah. It's just not fantastic. Okay. But I, I've always liked that. Um, there's some What, things that stuff. work and aren't fantastic? Yeah, I like when things are really badly. It's like my favorite. fantastic. Is, that, that, is it just a toggle switch for you? It's on. It's fantastic or it's crap. There's nothing in the middle. Yeah. I don't know. I, yeah, I'm, I'm only black and white. There's no gray area for anything. <laughs> I can't just be like, oh, yeah, this is okay. There's no spectrums about I anything. Have to everything. Have the internet pro. Everything. Like that. <laughs> it's the on switch or the off switch. There's no medium ground. No, I definitely have a childhood nostalgia for um, Lilo and Stitch. Yeah. And I, I like the soundtrack. Uh, it's how I got into a lot of Elvis stuff. And I, I think, I definitely think Stitch suffers from Minionite, which is I've seen too many 
memes on Facebook okay. of like, I've not had my coffee today, and it's Stitch pulling a grumpy face, and yeah. like, there's nothing to do with Stitch, but okay. See, I guess this would be in my own personal Disney Dark Age. So, mm-hmm. coming back, and there, there's some that I found which were kind of, to quote a different Disney movie, Diamonds in the Rough, and there were some that were just rough. <laughs> and so, yeah. uh, and some, some have been a joy to go back, and then some were the wild. So, you know, <laughs> these things kind of happen. <laughs> Ellie, I think you were going to say something before I jumped in. Oh, I was just going to say that I've never actually seen Despicable Me, and I really, really hate the minions just from their presence on memes and things. Um, so, yeah, just to tie in what Ethan said about meme culture, it was a bit of a tangent, really. Yeah, but that's, that, that's, that's a DreamWorks property, isn't it? Uh, it's uh, Illumination. Oh, it's Illumination. My, my, my yeah, apologies yeah. to Steven Spielberg, wherever you are. Um, I do feel like I should probably give the Minions a chance and actually watch the film that they're from, or films, but well, at least the first one. They are a global phenomenon. Speaking of that, we're doing okay globally these days. Uh, we are currently yeah. charting nice in. Segue. Thank you. We are currently charting in Canada. Imagine that. <laughs> Great Britain. Imagine um, that. We are also uh, Japan, still doing well in Japan. Quite well. In fact, us and our sister podcast, Best Film Ever, are both in the top 20 in Japan currently. That's fabulous. (laughs) One of us are 11 and one of us are 18. So thank you, people of Japan. Really appreciate your support. I don't know. Listening to both podcasts, that would be. I I would imagine it it might be a remarkable coincidence. That gives you a reason to do a Miyazaki film then. We did. For Best Film Ever. Yeah, I think it does. I think there's, there's, there's. There's a couple that I just, I just want to check to make sure is is it Miyazaki? Is that what you said? Uh, Miyazaki. Miyazaki is that like yep. Studio Ghibli? Uh, a little bit, yeah. Okay. Um, which is good because technically they're kind of Disney, kind of. Not. I found really that out. To, I found era. that out today. Actually, there's yeah, a little bit I, of a crossover. I, didn't know that. I did not know that until literally today. Yeah, I know they're all on Netflix, but I I don't know if they're ever coming to Disney Plus. I'd like them to, but I'm okay with them on that. Let, let, let Netflix have something. <laughs> Something besides original programming, which you fall in love with for two series, and then they cancel it. Yeah. Even if it's like Ozark, where it's like the number two show or something like that. Not four seasons is all you're getting, folks. Wait, did that get canceled? It's, it, they got one more year. They've been told. Oh, so it's kind of it's kind of one of those long term cancellations. Like you're gonna wrap up your storyline next year. Okay, okay. <laughs> I guess we will. It, it sucks. I really I recently got into Dear White People, and that thing's been like cancelled when I started watching. Yeah, which sucks because Giancarlo Esposito is fantastic in that. Is he? He's like the narrator, but he's we very actually, We actually just covered a quick little best film ever promo. We covered uh, Giancarlo Esposito shows up in The Usual Suspects, which I was not I, expecting. He's like young and athletic and good looking in this. I set you up especially for that. I Did knew you? that'd be a good segue. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, speaking of best film ever, uh, we were lucky, Liam and I, it's enough to be on Nick and Russ Don't Know Anything. And if you're wanting to hear more of me or more of Liam, who you may have hear, heard if you listen to both podcasts or on the crossover episodes, uh, you can go ahead and just look up Nick and Russ Don't Know Anything on the podcatcher of your choice. And they're actually joining us for our next review. That'll be dropping next Tuesday on Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Excellent. I am like party time and excellent. I am looking very much forward to that. I'm going to struggle not to cross into Wayne's world. I think when I, because they're so close in so many ways, just as far as like the catchphrases and the vocal inflections, I'm going to really watch and try and make sure I put lots of A's in. So I, uh, no, avoid the A's. The A's would give you Wayne's World. And one last thing we want to put this forward is that we'll be releasing on both channels, both Best Film Ever and Talking to Mickey. We will be releasing a roundtable, Remembering the Life of Robin Williams. 
So I'm look, looking forward to it. look for that to drop probably next Friday, a week Friday on the podcast. Sure, but you get this on it'll it'll pop up there because Mr. Williams had uh, enough of a presence on both Disney and non Disney that it, it definitely warrants both of those. So if you're out there and you've got some opinions on Robin Williams, we would love to hear them. We want to incorporate some audience feedback in that. So if you could rank us your top five Robin Williams films and just go ahead and you can tweet us, Instagram us, Facebook at us at either Best Film Ever or at Talking the Mickey. We we want to incorporate audience feedback in that. We will be counting down our top five, top ten, whatever it is, uh, Robin Williams films. But primarily the the episode's going to be not so much a countdown as it will be a um, just a free-flowing conversation about Robin Williams, the roles he had, and the joy it gave us. So I'm, I, would be, I would assume we'll be talking about Aladdin in some capacity again, which is always good. I've been rewatching a lot of his old films to to hype myself up for, and every time I watch a film, it kind of makes me more sad. It's it, it's a bit of both in it because it's great, mm-hmm. and then you realize how much you miss it, and you're going, yeah. mm. <sighs> especially when you realize a lot of the themes in his film. Yeah, there, we'll get we'll get into that. There, there, there's a few. If I if I really wanted to, there's a few sound clips I could isolate that would just you know twist the knife, and uh, I'm not going to oh, do that. Yeah. I'm going to choose ones that make us feel happy, but 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 there definitely are some. And we will mm-hmm. talk about it, I'm sure, in some capacity. But speaking of some capacity, uh, we want to thank the following podcast for engaging with us in some capacity. Uh, Drink Drunk Dead, always giving a shout-out and love on the Twitter. Thank you very much. The good people at Ding Podcast for uh, sort of just shouting us out to answer a trivia question. And the question was, is it a Walt Disney quote or is it not a Walt Disney quote? Did you see this, Ethan? When it, when it went oh, on? yes, I did. That was the... I have loved Mickey Mouse. I have loved Mickey Mouse more than any woman I have ever known true or false <laughs> is that a walt disney quote and for some reason ethan i can't explain why i knew this like i didn't guess i knew this like i had read this and put this away in my memory bank and i went please and it absolutely is a walt disney quote i didn't even know that yeah and then also uh, the pretty nice podcast and not before coffee thank you very much for uh, engaging thanks so much for listening um, you do good work, and uh, we, th- we we thank you for letting people know that we think we do good work, which is great. Ethan, any Disney news this week? Uh, there was some news about some Marvel Disney Plus shows, and uh, not like recent news about casting, but it popped up again because people seem to be talking about it again. Um, we have a Blade movie coming out for Phase 5 of the MCU. It's not going to um, be Wesley Snipes, is it? No, it's okay. Bahershala Ali, uh, oh. yeah, Ali playing it. And the reason I bring this he's, up is he's because gonna, today he's going to need a workout regime. I think. Oh, I'm I ho- I'm I'm hoping he he'll be fantastic. Because because he's a he's a slender man. He's not slender man, yeah. but he's a slender man. <laughs> I I think he'll play it very well. But the reason it got brought up today is because Taika Waititi has suggested that Blade might show up in Thor four more four. So I'm hoping that's happening. And then we just had some. Change some date changes for all the shows. Um, 2021 is now going to be the What If cartoon show, which is just like, what if Captain America was a zombie? Or yeah, what I've if uh, Black Panther was Star Lord and stuff like that? Uh, Moon Knight, Miss Marvel. Yeah, my, my interest level on that's pretty low. <laughs> I am, I'm kind of intrigued and kind of not because all the voice actors are coming back, but the art style is very uh, scratch esque. When you say they're coming back, like, are we talking like Chris Evans might come back to voice it? 
Chris Evans is voicing Captain America when it's, what if they gave Peggy Carter the superhero serum and he dressed up as Iron Man, stuff like that. Oh, that's cool. All right. Yeah. yeah. So it's things like that, which will be really interesting. Uh, but yeah, you got Moon Knight, Miss Marvel, She-Hulk, and Hawkeye all coming in 2022 now. Okay. So that'll be cool. Um, yeah, that's it. There's no real Disney news. I got to see them incorporating these TV properties back into the films. I mm. don't want another Netflix Marvel thing. Yeah, from what I hear, because um, they said that WandaVision's still coming out this year, and the reason why is because it's setting up the events of Doctor Strange 2. I hear you. My, yeah. my only caveat would be those are characters who we've seen already in the MCU. So it's kind of yeah. the reverse of what I'm asking for. So if you're going to establish anything new with the TV, then please make sure that they still get a little bit, not equal, but they get some shine. So my oh, investment yeah. feels worth it. I'm, I'm hoping so, because Moon Knight's the one that's going to be really complicated because he's like egyptian gods and just absolute insanity and the only thing anyone knows him from is a fake meme from a couple years ago where he's just saying where's my my money dracula you big fucking nerd wait, wait. how can and you have a it. fake meme i'm sorry to be the old guy here isn't isn't a meme <laughs> just a meme there's a meme that's like uh you you have like a character from a comic book and you just change the text in the thing okay so a big thing is like there was a star wars comic from a couple years ago where count dooku sees a jedi and he's a tiger and there's another guy being surprised by something, but they've changed to be like, holy shit, it's a tiger. It's just like things like that. Okay. Uh, and that's what a lot of Moon Knight is because no one knows him. All right. Well, speaking yeah, of... No real, no real news. Okay. Speaking of people who nobody knew, let's go ahead and talk about Stitch and Lilo, shall we? So Lilo and Stitch, uh, 42nd, I think, 42nd, 44th, somewhere in there. Um, Disney animated classic. Uh, really during a session where I think Disney's oversaturating the market because really? in the span of about 18 months they released three animated classics two cinemas so you had uh atlantis in june 2001 i want to say you had um lilo and stitch in june of 2002 and treasure planet in no yeah, that's the next one. Okay, yeah, I know it's the order. I just didn't know if I had the timeline. Either way, Treasure Planet's released only five months after Lilo and Stitch. Ooh. So, like, they're cramming this stuff in. Lilo and Stitch is um, the 42nd one. You're right. Okay, excellent. So, uh, Lilo and Stitch, written and directed by Chris Sanders and Dean Dubois in their directorial debuts. I think it's Dean Dubois. Dubois? It's American. Maybe it's Dubois. Anyway. Chris Sanders and Dean, last name to be verified later, in their directorial <laughs> debuts. And they had worked before. I mean, they were involved in uh, an earlier film, including one of these. So this is one of three films produced at Disney's Hollywood Studios. And don't let the oh. name fool you. It's in Florida. but It's called Disney Hollywood Studios. I believe now it's Disney MGM Studios. It's, or maybe it's Hollywood now and it was MGM back then. Yeah, it was MGM. Then it got changed to Hollywood Studios. Now it's Disney Cinemagic Studios, oh, which really? I hate. Yeah, okay. but it was cool. Uh, my parents actually went to Hollywood Studios where they did those tours. Okay. And at the time, because you'd let them, they let them go in to see like the animation, the animators doing all their frames. Right. And I think they went in when they were doing the frames for Tarzan. Oh, very cool. Really cool. Yeah. Um, the other ones produced at Hollywood Studios exclusively uh, at the time were Brother Bear and Mulan, and both these guys had experience working on Mulan. Uh, and the production of Lilo and Stitch began with then-Disney CEO Michael Eisner deciding that in the wake of a number of high-profile and large-budget animated features by Disney during the mid-90s, the studio should try its hand at something smaller and less expensive. 
which actually sounds just like Dumbo. Yeah. Because we remember Dumbo, the response to that was make it cheap. Make it cheap because we need to make some bank. And there are a lot of situations in which Lilo and Stitch is actually kind of the spiritual successor or, or relative of Dumbo. So the fact that we just happen to do these, you know, as the, the two animated classics that were right up against each other uh, is actually quite uh, – sometimes you can't make it up. <laughs> sometimes you know, I was sitting there <laughs> looking at the notes going, I can't believe a number of links between Dumbo and this film. So here we go. But wasn't it Treasure Planet that they did next that they lost a ridiculous amount of money on? Yes, it was the all-time yeah. opposite, but yeah. <laughs> and so Chris Sanders, who was a head storyboard artist at Disney Feature Animation, was approached to pitch an idea. And he had an idea, and he'd had this idea since 1985. Oh. So Marty McFly is just beginning his journey. And at the same time, Chris Sanders, I'm assuming a young Chris Sanders, at least a younger Chris Sanders, has developed a character uh, that looks or that will become eventually Stitch. In an unsuccessful children's book pitch. Oh. Stitch, the unsuccessful pitch. <laughs> I love it. Um, and now uh, thought maybe I can use a, a concept that features the character in a fully animated film. And of course, it does get greenlit. And so Dean DeBloy, who had co-written Mulan with Sanders, was brought in to co-write and co-direct Lilo and Stitch, the successful pitch. Um, and then in a deviation from what had happened since the 40s, they went back to watercolor painted backgrounds, which were last seen in Dumbo. <laughs> <laughs> so although these were computer, uh, although it was hand drawn, computer painted, the computer still painted in watercolor. However, that's done. I, 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 they kind of lost me at that point, but I went, oh, okay, cool. Uh, and as opposed to the traditional gouache technique. Um, and so they've been doing gouache since like 1942. And they actually went back to the old days for and sort of took that Dumbo spirit. I don't know if anybody took the cells and slid on them down the corridor like we heard about in Dumbo. Hopefully not. Uh, and you know what? Their little pe- gamble, if you will, or their strategy paid off. Uh, $80 million budget, which still surprised me. They said smaller budget. And then I read $80 million. I'm mm. like, wow. Uh, and it made $273 million. And that's just on ticket sales, which, of course – Merchandising was huge for Stitch, yeah. and the intellectual property was banking out for a decade to come. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember when um, there was a big boom because the advertising for it. Was, um, there were these iconic scenes from Disney films, like The Lion King and all this, and Stitch would just come in and wreck havoc. There's like a scene where instead of it being um, Rafiki holding Baby Simba up, he's holding uh, Stitch up, and then he just like throws him off the cliff. Uh, it was it was a lot of that. It was just like, complete with like this, this is- like just like hollow thud in the background when he yeah. hits. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was it was very much. This is the anti Disney thing. This is the most non Disney character ever. It's their Deadpool. It's their Deadpool. Oh, I can't believe I said that. I did not see one chimichanga reference. And actually, <laughs> now Disney's Deadpool is Deadpool. Yeah, because they've got Deadpool. Can it you imagine? The, can you imagine the edits they will make to that? I'm terrified. Yes. Um, And so uh, it was one of only two films in the 2000s to actually make its money back. (laughs) Everything else lost money in the 2000s. It was nominated for an Oscar for Best Animated Film, but lost to Spirited Away. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I'm okay with that too. Uh, Spirited Away is is fantastic. That's that's a really good link, actually. Mm -hmm. Because uh, Lilo's voice actress 
uh, voices. I can't remember her name, but she's I, in there, and she's also I can Samara tell you, it's, in the ring. It's Devay De- De- Chase. Because oh, yeah. I was going to bring that up when we introduced her, but yes, it is. She she actually had the lead vocal in both films. Well, two of the three films or five. I don't know how many they would have uh, nominated that year, but two of them were. So when she, I guess when when that wins instead, and because she, she voiced the English dub, um, she's going. Well, that's all right. Either way, she's 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 in with two tickets, isn't she? You can't be too yeah. disappointed, can no. you? <laughs> You're just hoping that both your films don't lose. <laughs> And so um, we begin the film, and it's the Walt Disney 2D logo. And I'm sitting there going, why is it the 2D logo? Because they've upscaled a bunch of them to the 3D logo on on Disney+. And then I go, wait, hang on. Why is it black in the background rather than, like, this this Disney blue? It's really cool. And then you see the the sort of uh, light. How would you define the light thing? Like a little laser. The twinkle, the, the twinkle that usually is yeah. present is oh, now right. like 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 a green sci-fi laser, and it sort of sucks in the logo. And I'm like, okay, cool. Right off the hop, you've got me going. This is different. And at this point, I started going, yes, it's different, but you've literally got Treasure Planet coming out five months later, <laughs> and this had a very heavy Treasure Planet aesthetic to it. And you mentioned that last week when we introduced Leo and Stitch, and literally the opening like frame, I was like. Oh, now I completely understand what you meant because they look weird, exactly because the I same. I didn't really get. I didn't really remember the animation style. I was just kind of probably more top of the idea if it was space, mm. but no, even just the the style itself, which apparently is uh, based on Chris Sanders's style anyway. But I, I, I just think if you were going to do Treasure Planet and you're going to do Little and you're going to put like, you're going to put five months apart, maybe you space them out differently. Yeah, space them out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> But no, like all, it's it's a lot of hey, let's have some anthropomorphized animals doing all this. It's it's now you bring that up. Oh no, why did you do that? Also, the, the first person we see is I think it's the the Grand Council lady because it's the trial. Grand yeah, Council it's, it's the Grand Council. Um, and the second I saw her, it made me think of the flatula monster in Treasure Planet. And I was like, I don't think this is the link that I want to be she having. Made you feel of the flatula monster? Something to do with the animation style. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, and so we begin with the trial, and it's the trial of Dr. Jumba. And I've got down already Treasure Planet vibes, but Dr. Jumba is being forced to um, justify some experiments he has made. Did anybody recognize the voice of Dr. Jumba? I'm going to kick myself when you tell me, but no, I can't remember. I don't think because he, he had like his Russian accent, so he was doing a good job covering it. It feels like the answer should always be if I ask this question. <laughs> it's David Ogden Steers. So Ratcliffe, General Governor Ratcliffe from um, I should from be Pocahontas. Going, oh, but, uh, uh, I, what was the guy's name? The sidekick in Wiggins. that Wiggins. <laughs> uh, he's Cogsworth. He was in something we oh! did. He was in something we did just a little while ago as well. Yeah, I can't remember what the other one he was. was. I watched Doc Hollywood a few days ago, and he was in that as well. But it's like everything that's happening right now, David Ogden Steers is just always coming up. He wasn't in Dumbo. He wasn't around that long ago. But it was something mm-hmm. not that long ago where David Ogden Steers came up again, and I was going, this guy's just in everything. And he is, and he he's, he's does this one. Um, and so we get the presentation of Stitch. Because it's one of his theoretical experiments that is not so theoretical anymore. He's created one. And here comes Stitch. And Stitch is voiced by director Chris Sanders. Hmm. And so his sounds, uh, again, it was one of those situations where he's just trying to do like concept voice. And they went, this is just too good. You should do it. (laughs) But 
Dean DeBloy gets in there as well because it's mostly Chris Sanders' voice overlapped and overdubbed with elements of his own two dogs growling and snarling into the microphone. (laughs) (laughs) So they put it all together and that's what gets you Stitch. Cool. And Stitch was difficult if you think about the animation style because Stitch has no pupils in his eyes. And without pupils to give you an eye, like Disney does a lot of emotion through eyes. Those big cartoony Disney eyes. And so what do you do if you can't have that? So then you have to make what they did was they made Stitch even more physical as 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 a counterpoint. To, a lot of it's in those ears. Yeah. And the, the mouth ears and the mouth and the arms. But they made him really, really physical to compensate for this. And he's referred to as Experiment Six Two Six. And my question is, does this mean he's got six hundred and twenty five failed attempts at like a stitch? <laughs> We will eventually do Stitch the movie. Yes. And that will be answered. That will be answered. But at least as far as oh, this excellent. this point in the in, in, in the timeline, if you will, yeah. we're going 626. It's disturbing. Well, are they all experiments of this nature or are they just, you know, I don't think general ex- experiments? I don't think experiment number five is I've got chocolate on one piece of toast and peanut <laughs> butter on the other. <laughs> what happens if I put these together? Success- experiment 63 was well done. Contact Dr. Reese. I have an invention for him. Um, and so as part of the experiment 626, the instinct apparently is to destroy everything it comes into contact with. And um, the gray commander woman, what was her name? Uh, the, I, know, I, can't I, I just said it earlier. The, her. The, something councilwoman. Okay, grand councilwoman. Grand councilwoman, yeah. The grand councilwoman says, it's an affront to nature that must be destroyed. And she only says this when she says, do you understand anything in which we are saying, experiment 626? And first it goes ahead and Stitch, as we will later know him, licks his like container and it's in the shape of a D in the Disney logo when he licks it. But (laughs) – and when he doesn't understand, they go, kill it. And I'm going, hang on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So you're saying that in order to have the right to survive, you have to understand and be able to answer a question? Yes. Because – I've had several dogs which you you ask them things and they don't really respond <laughs> in the way you want them to. By no means am I sitting here saying, therefore, the dog should die or, in this case, be banished. Yeah, I never understood that. I always thought it was because whatever he says is like a giant cuss word, I guess, in the... In yeah, the, he comes out with some sort of... Miga na la quista, which I still don't know what that is. I, I think, think you it means... Know that. <laughs> I think it means I want to see the Cantina band play that song again because <laughs> it feels very. There's a lot of Star Wars links in this. I kind of um, yeah. left. I left a lot of them behind. If you want to fill them in, you can, Ethan. But I kept coming up with Star Wars references over and over again. I think it probably means Beast wants his bars back. The stitch is in stitches in a little container like the rose in Beauty and the Beast, or like other things like that are in containers. Yeah, but it looks exactly the same. It's the same dimensions. Oh, yeah. Oh, tales all this time, right? Um, and so, um, yeah, and just the idea, does naughtiness mean you have to be destroyed? I hope not. Uh, now here's the thing. I'm going to come back to this as we go through. The original script that was turned in was nothing like this. And responses from test audiences caused a significant number of changes. And this is the first one. The first and maybe most important one that we come across is in the original one, Stitch is not a new invention. He is not experiment number 626. Originally, Stitch is like an intergalactic mob boss. (laughs) 
<laughs> and he's on trial for his crimes, not for being an abomination of nature. And Dr. What's his name? Jumba. Jumba is like a lackey of his. He's like Joe Pesci in Goodfellas. Like, what? What, a clown? Do I make you laugh? Like, that's, that's who Jumba is in that one. And people didn't respond well to it because then it's just he, – if that's the case, it means he's not a baby. You know what I mean? Yeah. And therefore, you, you, you don't have that, that cute like, you know, he's just learning about the world and it's not his fault. Um, however, I think the idea that he's been programmed to destroy causes problems later on in the film where it goes a little bit Doctor Who. Why did he stop? Because he did. Because he believes in Christmas. He stopped <laughs> what's been programmed into his nature. So, um, yeah. Uh, so the test audience responded very, very poorly to that, and they wanted the relationship instead to be Jumba was the creator and Stitch is the creation, and that scored a lot, lot higher. Um, so for his sentence, he's going to be imprisoned and then banished. Um, and there are a lot of Chirons in the early part of this film where, like, you have that, like, sci-fi – uh, script coming up on the side saying where they are or where they're going, complete yeah. with like the sound of like the typewriter almost as it comes across the screen. Very 2000 sci-fi. Yes, yeah, so I wrote down too many Chirons. And then of course, <laughs> because this is the way things happen to me, as soon as I wrote that down, there wasn't another Chiron the rest of the film. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, he gets like a DNA blood sample, which of course, in order to be sci-fi had to be, was it pink or green? When pink. it comes pink, okay. When I was a kid, I thought it was milkshake, and I feel like an idiot now. Is well, of course it's not milkshake. It didn't bring all the boys to the yard. Uh, <laughs> wow. And he's been well. We talk about two thousands. You get much more two thousand than um. Was, look at when that is. It was Kellis, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Props to me for remembering that. Jeez. Um. And so he's been banished, and then. If you're banishing something, it's because you don't want to kill it. You have an ethical issue with killing something. Am I right? Somewhat, yeah. And so what do they do? They, like, put guns on him. And the captain goes, it's got a sample DNA. If you move, they will shoot you and therefore kill you. Despite the fact that doctors told us he's fireproof. I think it was more just to show that Stitch is very good at, like, coming up with ideas and plans to get out of things. Because it's just, hey, let's look at the saliva coming down. Then he can spit that out and then escape. I think it's more in just... He can come up with ideas, and he's not as stupid as we think. Yeah, yeah. It's just, he's resourceful, and whatever whatever security yeah. you can put around him, he will evade yeah. until yeah. he can't. I would like to interject at this moment to just let you know that um, that it definitely would not have brought the, the boys to the yard, that milkshake, because milkshake was not released until August 2003. Oh, that's so sad. <sighs> milkshake did not have yeah. those amazing... Maybe Kellis's milkshake was experiment number 627. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I somehow like the idea of Jumba as voiced by David Ogden Steers uh, singing in his lab, Milkshake. Um, I like the idea of Wiggins singing Milkshake. There we go. All of his various characters get like, get like a chorus. <laughs> and so... Um, <laughs> 
And so I thought the, the guns were overkill, literally. I'm alone, maybe that. And then there was a bit where he spits a loogie and then, like, sucks it back up to see if the guns will, like, trace it. And this is when I started getting Flatula Monster kind of <laughs> vibes. I'm like, oh, what? what's really cool? Farts. No, can't do farts. We got that in five months. What can you do, <laughs> what can you do instead? Well, what if he spits a loogie? Do you have? Well, don't, don't have? Ah, oh, it's cool. Kids love spits. It's it's very like Cartoon Network two thousand era. It is. Let's see how gross we can be. How, like this is on Ed Ed and Ed, Eddie level of like. How did Disney lose their way when it came to story? Did they just I, go nuts and hire a bunch? Because this guy's not not this guy's not young. As far as I know, all these guys eventually went to DreamWorks or came from DreamWorks. So I think it might be why. Maybe, but maybe. even but even then, because it's it's very Nickelodeon DreamWorks kind of substance and so um he escapes uh they say he's loose like five seconds before he is loose you guys notice <laughs> yeah, that I do. oh he's loose and i'm like <laughs> and they, then we cut, to they cut, they cut back to him and he's still like like got the cuffs around him or whatever it was and i'm yeah. like how how was this possible and then he gets loose i think they're clairvoyant is what i think in the future and they can we'll give it a flashback, <laughs> <laughs> flashback. <laughs> two seconds two before. seconds ago <laughs> You know, a Chiron that went like two minutes earlier would have been great. I would have loved that. <laughs> and so um, he goes up and he takes up the power grid. Thankfully, everybody's sort of anticipating if he's up. He must be off the power grid. And then it happens. It's like, okay, great. We're just going to explain to the audience what's going to happen. Almost kind of like did when, when he escapes. <laughs> we'll say what he's going to do and then we'll watch him do it. And then he takes a police cruiser. And can we just talk for a minute about how useless a car horn would be in space? because <laughs> i was told from alien which we know has disney ties in space no one can hear you scream i was told mm-hmm. this but apparently they can hear you go la cucaracha la cucaracha ba 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 good to know that you know the guys who invented that on earth are able to get royalties from aliens <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so uh, but this was interesting because the ships in question throughout were all designed to resemble marine life and fish and things of that nature. Oh, I can see that now. Yeah, which then, as you look at say, the transition, the, the big one looks exactly like a whale. It does. It does. And so, by 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 doing that, you can exactly see this exactly like a whale. <laughs> Got a blowhole and everything. Does it? No. Oh, I oh, didn't know. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> you can you can tell sarcasm's done well when no one gets it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also, he knows how to fly the ship. And this becomes an issue for me in this film is that Stitch knows how to do everything until he doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. And so he goes ahead and he flies it off. And then we're escaping to Earth and Mutant Piglet or Alien Piglet tells us he's going to go to uh, Area 51. And there was also like an alien um, Tigger and an alien. There was one other one from the Winnie the Pooh universe. I forget, but they were clearly just lifted. From these things. And so we find he's going to Area 51, which made me go, hey. I and, read that in my notes too. And he's going to E-Earth or E-Earth. And I was like, all right, clever. We have to gas the planet. Yes. But then um, there's a viewfinder. And I love the viewfinder, which was classic. Do you, do you ever have one of those viewfinders with the cards you put in? You go click, 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 and it goes through the 12 slots. Yeah. You did? Okay, Ellie's looking at me like she has no I, idea. I don't know what you mean. It's that red thing they were all looking through, and you hit a toggle, and it moves it from picture to picture to picture. They're usually 3D oh, yeah. pictures, yeah. They're, yeah. they're called viewfinders. Quite funny that it was the it was the Cyclops 
who brought out the two-eyed viewfinder for everybody to look at. <laughs> um, and so he says you can't gas the planet because it's full of mosquitoes. And we know that Earth is a wildlife preserve. And it's got the, like, the noble mosquito there. <laughs> Didn't they say they're like, repopulating the mosquitoes or something? Like yes. some really big noble cause which, for the endangered species. Which is someone who grew up in the Great Lakes region of Ontario, Canada. <laughs> trust me. Job done. <laughs> I hate I hate mosquitoes. New oh. Zealand are overpopulated with them, and oh, yeah. they like my blood. I've like, yeah. I'd come back, and I'm like, ah, oh, cool. I'm just bumpy now. Yeah, I'm, I'm made just one. Braille. I'm just one big bump. That's all it is now. <laughs> you look really bloated. Not nah, just a mosquito bite. <laughs> <laughs> and so this was Agent Wendy Pleakley. Wendy was the character's first name. Uh, oh, Pleakley was a woman. Pleakley? No, I don't think Pleakley was a woman. I think Pleakley is is a is a male character who they gave a female first name to emasculate. Okay. And so Wendy Pleakley was played by Kevin McDonald, who uh, had roles on that 70s show as Pastor Dave and on uh, a very specific Friends episode where Ross has like this growth on his back that he can't get rid of. And so he goes to Guru Saj and his, his, oh. his watch like clips it and takes it off. Because doing really, he puts like like, a, like an ointment on it, and it gets mad, and it grows. <laughs> so um, he's he's a he's a Canadian comedic actor. He had a lot of time on a show called Kids in the Hall, which is like our version of Saturday Night Live. And so uh, I, I'm sitting there going, I know this voice, and I never did place it until afterwards. I went and did some research, but this reminded. I mean, this is your bumbling sidekick, and I'm sorry. This reminded me way too much of Doctor Doppler from uh, Treasure Planet <laughs> that would come out five months later. I was going to say it's more like Ben because they're both loud yeah. and shouty the That's entire fine. time. And you they've got totally that really annoying that. voice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think Martin – is Martin Short Canadian? I think he is. If it is, we just got annoying Canadians <laughs> in 2000s <laughs> Disney films. Michael J. Fox was in Atlantis. I don't know if he's annoying, but the film was. So. Blakely didn't annoy me. I – was okay with him. I don't know. Ben on the other I hand. I don't dislike no. Blakely. But it's not going to be. He's he won't be like one of my one of my top characters. Maybe he's what Ben should have been. And and this guy made a career out of playing Wendy Pleakley. Like really? everything that he does, he's he's there for all the Lilo and Stitch films, the video game, the TV show, the Christmas specials, the like associated whatever that is called when you have like little statues and you put it on the is it the Infinity or Xfinity? Oh, just the Infinity. Yeah, yeah. He's doing I that. Think like about he that. is. He has said, "I will take all the money, please." <laughs> He's like the Anthony Daniel of uh, yes. Lilo and Stitch. He absolutely is. And so, Both equally annoying. Like, even stuff where like a Lilo and Stitch character has no business being in, he's there as Wendy Pleakley. So, oh. such as. Um, and so they go to Hawaii, which we find out. And so the storyline required a remote, non-urban location. And originally the plan was to have this take place in Kansas. <laughs> Because originally, the plan really wasn't about Lilo. The story was Stitch. I want the opening of Lilo and Stitch in Kansas, but instead of that really nice opening music, it's just like banjo music instead. Would it have been, could, could Stitch have gone, you know, pleakly, I am in Kansas anymore? Or something like that? Could we have had that go instead? Uh. Um, oh, come on. That was good. Because um, originally, the, the, the plan for this, it really wasn't a Lilo story. It was a Stitch story. It is, in essence, the Ugly Duckling. That's what the story is. Mm. And then, um, and so it's going to be about Stitch being lost in the woods, but it, it kind of lo- lacked that, you know, s- s- that sense of relatability, I suppose. 
And so, I think the Ugly Duckling is too little of a small of a story to spend the entire thing. That's like well, a, that's we did like a package. we did Dumbo two weeks ago, yeah. <laughs> but it is like a package. I I, I think you're right, yeah. and I don't think there's enough. And I think it might be more. You could argue maybe is this a lot like Lady and the Tramp, where you took two different stories and you tried really hard to marry them together, and does it work? Yuck. Okay, so uh, Lilo doesn't become a part of the film until much later during story development. Uh, Sanders' direction was to change the film setting to the Hawaiian island. It was important because it actually gave us a really clear and defined plot. It's civilization, but it's not westernized, urbanized civilization. Um, And so, especially when you consider the concept of what it means with Ohana. And so, uh, to his point, no other animated feature had ever taken place on any of the Hawaiian islands before. And I want a job with Disney or Pixar because the first thing they always get you to do is you get to go on a cool trip. So if you're not going across the country with like Route 66, the animation team for this visited the island of Kauai? Kauai. To research the locale, the tour guide then explained the meaning of Ohana as extended to um, extended families. And Deblois recalled that no matter where they went, the tour guide seemed to know somebody. And they're saying this because of Ohana. Or it's because, you know, he's a tour guide. (laughs) (laughs) And he goes to the same place every day. Uh, But the sense of uh, the idea that your family was beyond your immediate relatives influence that became the foundation and causes Stitch to evolve beyond what he was programmed to do. Now, again, I think this works better if he's a hardened criminal and he changes his worldview rather than innately who he is. Because instead they had to ham fisted into, oh, he's run out of stuff to destroy. So what's his purpose now? That the house next door. That's what the that's what the purpose is now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. Um, and so they faced the daunting task though of meshing the film's plot. And so you had Hawaii, which they did show to be fairly impoverished as a result of the financial recession, because this is one of the few times we get a Disney film that takes place in present day. And we can see that through the economic hardship of oh, what's her name? Nani? Yeah, Nani and, 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 and Lilo. And so, but combine that with the beauty of the island. And at this point, we, we, we get this and we get the crossover and we're rolling credits. And the score is by Alan Silvestri. Alan Silvestri, who brought you such previous great Disney scores as The Wild. <laughs> <laughs> at this point, I'm going, I remember the last time I saw your name on a Disney film, Alan Silvestri. <laughs> Don't do this to me again. But we did let Ethan back, so we did let Ethan back. I suppose we should let Alan back. As we well. got rid of Georgia, but we've yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, not 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 permanently. <laughs> um, and so, in the opening dance number, there's a children at the front, and they're all very distinct. And the women behind them are just a homogenous. They all look quite nonny. They all look like a slightly different version, like just a slightly different color hair. And this one's wavy and this yeah. one's straight. But the facial features are almost identical. And I was like, I'm not sure. This, you know, it's, 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 it's nowhere near as bad as, um, as what we saw with Dumbo. <laughs> it's nowhere near that. But I was going, you could have tried a little bit harder. One of them could be a little bit taller. One of them could be a little bit shorter. Could we have had some sort of difference? But the answer to that is no. 
Um, and it's another one of those Disney films where someone's missing. And we know this because the guy running the practice <laughs> goes, one, two, three, <laughs> four. Not, hey, I can see one girl in front of every woman except for that one woman's got no one in front of her. So this is clearly where the creators of Brave got their ideas oh, from. Oh, my word. Uh, it's just like where Merida counts the princes and the maid counts the triplets. And the performance is ruined because Lilo runs in and spills water all over the place. I think the ginger girl's the first one to fall over. But yeah. there's a few girls who fall over. And Lilo. Although I found, I found that the ginger girl's kind of backing crew were all very similar as well. Yeah, they were. She was flanked by like twins. I'm going to say they're twins. Uh, and so Lilo ruins the performance. And Lilo, the name Lilo, means generous one, or it can mean lost. So I think it fits for both. Uh, and this is why we find out she's late, because it's sandwich day. And I love this. She has to give, on Thursday, she has to give uh, uh, Pudge, the fish, a peanut butter sandwich. And if you look, apparently when you cross over, the first thing you see, actually, is you do see a fish with a peanut butter sandwich. And I meant <laughs> to go back and look at it, and I couldn't see it. Now, there is a fan theory that we Ooh, know yes. that Lilo's... Do you want to go ahead and say it? Uh yeah, sure. Uh, so the theory is because Lilo and Nani's parents are dead, the theory suggests that they died um, in some kind of ocean sea related uh, incident. So because oh. of this, Lilo we, believes. We, we, we know it's a car accident, but the theory was that maybe it was raining really, really, really heavily. Yeah. So yeah. The, theor- the theory is that the reason why Lilo thinks that. Oh, yeah, sorry. Because Pudge controls the weather. Yes. That uh, if she feeds him a sandwich, he won't, you know, kill anyone else. Yeah, he won't kill anyone else. Or, That's yeah. so yeah. sad. And so, um, at which point Lilo says he controls the weather, and the ginger kid says that's crazy, and Lilo flat out assaults the kid. <laughs> now, without, because we don't, if, as the audience, we don't know, I mean, as it is, it's a pretty heavy inference to, to sort of get there. But we don't even know that. So I'm like, so we just see Lilo just flat out like go gangster after this other girl. Was it that kid that also told her to feed the fish tuna though? Because <laughs> maybe she's already no, a no, bit that was her sister her. who said feed oh, the okay. fish tuna. <laughs> and she was like, You can't feed a fish tuna. And I'm like, to be that fair. Would make me an abomination. To be to be which is kind of funny because Stitch was called an abomination yeah. earlier. And so we do see the parallels. They're both, you know, they can't control their anger, they both destroy things, da 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 da. But like she attacks this girl and then she just flat out bites her. And it's like, does it look infected? Which we heard earlier as well. But, um, so I refuse to feel sorry. Because the movie's trying to say, we should feel sorry for Lilo. I don't feel sorry for Lilo one bit. I watch this again. There's a bit later on where I'm like, Lilo's just a bit of an asshole. But also, you kind of understand why, but at the same time, I'm like... And, and whatever the nice guy's name is, he's trying to fix this, but he's way too mellow. He's like, so can I come back in? I'm really sorry. He's like, no, you'll have to sit here and wait for Nani. At which point, like, like he, he does a bad job. You really should keep a better eye yeah. on her. But she's yeah. like, can I come she's like, Maybe next week. And I'm like, forget next week. If your kid bites my kid, you're, you're done. <laughs> you're done. Go home for a month and actually really feel sorry. Oh. Uh, and so Lilo, uh, then the, everybody leaves. And Lilo wants to make up and make nice, and they've all got. Are you gonna go play dolls? I just said they're very English. Are you gonna go play? Are you gonna go play dolls? I got my dolly right I've here. Got my you dolly. want to go, Myrtle? <laughs> and she got a homemade doll, and they don't want to play with her, which would make sense because you just flat out attacked me out of nowhere and bit me. But again, we're supposed to go. Oh, poor Lilo! No one will play with her. 
Like, the kid's psycho. <laughs> At which point, then, she gets so mad, she, like, destroys her homemade doll and throws it in the ground and leaves. And then she comes back into the frame and picks it up. And I sort used of. To have that. Did you? <laughs> yeah, I used to have the, the scrump doll. And then I threw it away because I grew up and then went, oh, I wish I had that. To be fair, scrump <laughs> looks like a rough first draft of uh, Stitch. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. like if you get, like, like a real creepy cross stitch of, like, Stitch and some other monstrous. It'd be like if you went to like dollar store, pound stretcher, fill in that value sort of brand shop that every country has, and you had like some like stitching like pattern that you could buy. But they're like, we're not doing the actual like um, intellectual property rights. We're not going to license it, not not, not legally. So rather than get stitch, you get scrump, and you're like, no, no, it's it's just the same. You know, it's like when He-Man becomes strong sword guy. <laughs> and so... Um, Him do. <laughs> yours is better than mine. Well done. <laughs> and then um, we cut to Nani, who's coming home, and she's got anger issues too. Because, yes, a car almost, like, cuts her off. And I got no problem with her, like, like, like shouting at the guy, absolutely. But she kicks this vehicle. And to be fair, though, this rental vehicle... Man, weak construction build as someone who used to work in a car factory. One kick should not be able to like rattle a vehicle, it, it, you know, especially because I don't know if it's one of the few times that Nani was wearing shoes in this movie or not, but there wasn't much to it. Uh, and so Nani is played by Tia Carrere. Okay, have you ever seen Wayne's World? Yes, yes, yes. She plays Wayne's girlfriend, who plays oh, the guitar. Oh, my God. And she is of Hawaiian descent. She was also had, like, some Treasure Hunter show that was, like, C-level cable for a long time. Like, really bad acting. But she was kind of a 90s, um, early 2000s kind of cultural powerhouse, in a sense. And so she's there. And we get warned that there's going to be a social visit. But when she gets home... Lilo's home and has locked the door by nailing it shut like 35 times, but thankfully can't get a nail all the way in the wood. And she proceeds to have an argument and tells the social worker will be here any moment as Lilo listens to vinyl, which is, which I thought was cool. Actually, her listening to vinyl. Shout out to Liam at retro records and toys (laughs) for all your retro needs. Um, Yeah. It's one of those things that probably felt dated then, but now, now she'd be like a hipster. (laughs) <laughs> she's, yeah. she's like way into vinyl and like like not like new vinyl but like old classic vinyl you watch this 10 years ago it's, it's dated you watch it like even four years ago it's like oh wow she's ahead of the time yeah she's she so is cool and trendy and so she says she says to her sister leave me alone to die and i'm like okay a little emo little lilo oh <laughs> emo lilo i like that and the social worker stops by and it's mr bubbles thoughts on mr bubbles great I like his actor. Do you? Oh, you know, you, yeah. so, 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 you, you know who yeah. does it? Okay. So it's Ving Rhames, of course. Ving Rhames probably best known for playing Marcellus Wallace, which yeah. was the uh, inspiration for the character design of Mr. Bubbles. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> right down to the earring in the same ear. Like, <laughs> it's a nice touch. <laughs> and it's great juxtaposition to take that sort of violent sort of uh, imagery and then reappropriate it for a kid's film. So uh, Ving Rhames also, of course, was in... Uh, Mission Impossible. Many of them. Oh yes, he is. He's Luther in that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so Nani 
covers for Lilo leaving the dance studio by saying, I just left her for a moment while I did this. I don't understand why Nani does this. Because the truth of she was supposed to be at the dance studio and they left her early and they're irresponsible is mm-hmm. much – doesn't that fix your problem? Why is she covering yeah, yeah. for the kid? I think it's just in that moment. I didn't, no, I didn't leave her alone. I paid for her to go to a adult supervised after-school enrichment function to make <laughs> her life better. And she – Drag yourself home because they're irresponsible. Please don't. I got a million things you can blame me for in this movie. This is not one of them. <laughs> Just a thought. At this point, Lilo starts going through a speech that's been clearly rehearsed. I eat three square meals a day and I take lots of naps and I read books every night. And then it goes into, and I'm disciplined often, which she makes like. <laughs> A f- I don't know if she's doing a fist or an open hand. I think or- she's celebrating. Oh, like, <laughs> yes. And then doesn't know when to stop it. And and of course, you do have to kind of judge Mr. Bubbles here because surely you would want to get into a few of these things yeah. more. But he just kind of takes them at face value and goes, okay, if you're ever left alone, here's my card. And I did like it when he goes, and in case you're wondering, this did not go well. <laughs> Which was nice. But he tells Nani she has three days to change his mind, at which point we have our movie's established timeline. Yeah. Three days. Um, and then like, the, the door is barely shut on this rickety wooden house. And she screams something like, I'm going to get you. <laughs> and, <laughs> and Lilo's like, no! And Mr. Bubbles is, screams like she's being murdered. Yeah, and Mr. Bubbles is just and like everything's slamming in the house, and he's like, "No, I gave her three days because we're not going to see him ever again in the next three days. No, no he's not going to interfere." <laughs> so um, I hate Nani Why? in this. I hate Nani in this because she's stupid. Because you're told you have three days. I don't think this went well. You just literally got in trouble because. Lilo has said she disciplines me five times a day. And the first time I was the door shuts, so I'm going to charge after you and say something like, I'm going to kill you, or whatever it was. <laughs> At which point then, they rush into the kitchen, eventually, and Lilo has hidden, as we see it, under a table with like a pizza box. I thought it was just like a tumble dryer. See, kind that's of thing. the thing. I thought it was a tumble dryer too. And originally it was a tumble dryer and they took it out for the UK release because the Brits refused to release it with the appropriate aid because they said, no, this is dangerous. This is encouraging children to do this. And I swore up and down that I went back and watched it just to make sure. And I was wrong. It was actually, it's beside a tumble dryer. And so our brains oh, instantly. And a pile of laundry. And a pile of laundry. And so it's just a yeah. pizza box that she closes up in front of it. And your brain just accepts it. And so now on Disney Plus, both in the UK and worldwide, it is this table with the pizza box thing instead. I'll have to go back and rewatch that. Yeah, it's, it's, it was, uh, I was sitting there just spitting feathers going, I am right, and this article was wrong. Nope, <laughs> I was wrong. But it's if I was going to change one thing in this film, that is not the scene I changed, because there was one that had me going, how do you do this? And we'll come back There's, to that. I feel that it, it might be one that I might bring up as well Absolutely. at some point. Let, let me know if it's the same thing. Yeah. And so... Um, I also, though, hate Lilo, in case. <laughs> so, I, so I hate Nani, and I hate Lilo. Because as soon as she gets out of this pizza box table thing, she's wrapped up in a blanket. They unleash her, and she bares her teeth. I'm like, I hate 
every character on Earth. Literally. Yeah, she's the kid that bites people in school. Bites we've people. All know, we've all known a child and, like and that. And I get the parallel of trying to build between her and Stitch, but I'm like, you had. If she just had a bad home life, I can deal with that. But she's ir- yeah. she's bad with everybody. But we're supposed to go. She's precocious, isn't she? Funny? No. And so uh, she storms upstairs, and. Uh, it was a funny line. And when Nani goes, go to your room, she goes, I'm already in my room. And on the door, it says Kapu. I love that. And Kapu means keep out. Uh, and I wrote, I hate these two. Uh, is this supposed to be endearing? But then they both screamed <laughs> into the pillow. And I thought that was endearing. It was. Yeah. <laughs> so every now and then, despite the story and the actresses and whatever it was letting me down, the, uh, there was something that I kind of grabbed onto. And then they make up, and I've gotten my notes. I'm probably just a bitter older person. Why does Nani have to be the one to say she's sorry first? Because I don't think Nani did nearly as much wrong as the kid did. But Nani is the responsible, not adult. Okay, so just just real-life conversation here. So is it the responsibility of the adult to be the one to say, I'm the one to blame always first? Not always. Not about being right or being equal, but I think... I would argue that children don't need to uh, understand that there's a time where they have to go, I made a mistake and I am I was wrong. Not because you said it first, but because I actually was. And that adults, older sisters, whatever it is, don't roll over to, to, to make things easier. I'm not saying you're a jerk and you yell at them. Far from it. Far from it. You go in there and, 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 and the confrontation's all the way down to the bottom. But you can go in there and say, you need to eat. Here is some pizza. Please eat something. And then I'm really, really sorry. I, okay, I, I understand that. I said some things, but we shouldn't say that. But you don't have to go in and go, I'm, I'm, I'm really sorry. Have some pizza, please. Because it came in with, I apologize. Here is a child-friendly food to reward you for what's happened. Am I wrong? I think Nani is just ex- accepting responsibility for her own actions and realizing that she genuinely is sorry and doing something about it like a decent Let's human being count should this do. Up for a minute, just if we can bit a kid at dance practice <laughs> left without permission locked me out of the house when you knew there was a social worker coming proceeded to lie to the social worker about being abused ran away and tried to again lock and hide and then bared your teeth at me when you just bit someone and, and lost not, both parents and so so did nani yeah, but she's older. Oh, I'm sorry. The extra responsibility of raising her sister, that makes up for it in the wash, doesn't it? Nani could have smoked Lilo out with all those dirty pots. <laughs> Buy a hat. Put her in the tumble dryer. Uh, <laughs> um, and so uh, Lilo says to Nani, I liked you better as a sister than as a mom. And you go... I get it. That's the relationship we're supposed to see here. We're not supposed to be an authoritarian and and a submissive child. It's supposed to be sisters having a much different type of relationship. And a scene was removed where Nani brings Lilo pizza. That part stayed in. But Lilo tells herself a bedtime story about a friendly and stinky bear named Toaster. <laughs> it was replaced with this scene because audiences kept mistaking Nani for Lilo's mother. And this is an important scene for that. That whole, I like you better as a sister than as a mother. That was an important scene. As a kid, I always got that too kind of confused. But also, I was a dumb kid. No, as kids, I, th- I think we've been trained by Disney because there's a big age gap. 
There's yeah. a big age gap. And you I see, think she's supposed to be like, what, 24? I have a game at the end. Or we're going to guess how old the characters are. Oh, oh. <laughs> so that's okay. Um, and so at this point, everything turns green because the power goes out in the house. And we because the X Files have taught me that everything goes green, it's aliens. <laughs> and if I'm supposed to believe that only Lilo and Nani saw this, I call BS. Because it like zap zap and like knocks the power out. It's not only their house the power is getting knocked out to here. Uh, but when they look out at the window, if you look carefully amongst the paints, there is a Dumbo stuffed plushie in her room. Oh. <laughs> Again, <laughs> showing <laughs> showing this sort of spiritual link. Lilo, at which point then uh, they, they go on out. And Lilo for some reason, uh, Nani for some reason lays down. Oh right, she does the whole "I'm too heavy, you've got to carry my weight," and they're doing a little bit of a playful <laughs> moment. And eventually it's with Nani just laying down and Lilo gets angry or something for some reason and slams her door. And I'm sorry, straight up concusses her sister because she slams the door and like Nani's head is not past the, 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 that sort of threshold. She's getting clocked. So what you're suggesting is the rest of this film is actually just Nani in a coma from being concussed that bad. Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> this is her fever. Because actually, if you make this thing and then all of a sudden these crazy things start happening, that would line up. She's undergone <laughs> significant brain trauma. The reason she throws her out is because she wants to make a wish on the falling star. Is that it? Yeah. Obviously, it was a great and part of the re- script. It's really cute. I really liked it. Because <sighs> she then she then gets down and she says a little prayer and she wishes for a friend and someone who won't run away. And then she asks that maybe they send her an angel. Excellent. And the angel is Stitch. Enter Stitch to Hawaii. Uh, Stitch shoots some guns and then is run over by trucks. And I really want to know how come Stitch can like figure out the power grid of a spaceship he's never <laughs> been on and figure out how to drive a police cruiser and make the jump to hyperspace, but doesn't figure out how a lorry works. I wondered this. Or just how to avoid wheels. Doesn't have to know how the whole lorry works. And he but... can destroy everything, but a frog is his kryptonite. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everyone's weakness. And so he ends up going to the, he gets knocked out after getting like hit by like two, two semis, like run him over. <laughs> and he's just like a little bruised. And so they take him to the pound. Well, I do think he's dead. Okay, and I'm going to come back to that. So um, now what's going to happen? Well, after everything that went bad, you know what Lilo needs? A reward. Now, to be fair, we have bypassed the part where Nani opens the door and she's praying and all she wants is a friend. And that's a nice moment, it is. But I'm like, why is she getting a pet? And wouldn't social services see right through this? You've got three days. Oh, the kid's acting better. Oh, you bought her a, a dog, did you? Uh, Stitch wakes up, and he's surrounded by dogs. And the woman who works at the dog pound is Susan Hegarty. I only bring this up because it's the name on the dog license, and it's the actress's name in real life. And I thought that was nice at Disney to let her have that. That's cute. Uh, and then Lilo and Stitch meet up because Le- uh, Stitch escapes, sees that, uh, oh, Wendy and Jumba mm-hmm. are there to capture him because the deal has been made that if Jumba can capture um, Stitch, then he gets his freedom. And we find out, Lilo comes out and goes, I choose this one. I choose him. And the woman looks at Pam and goes, I think that dog's dead. Now, let's remember, they threw him in a holding cell with, like, six other dogs. <laughs> yeah, I've never understood this. <laughs> like, I was like, this is, this is, I mean, we, we saw them looking scared once he wakes up, but, like, it must have been very good when he got thrown in there looking dead. Like, what does this pound do? Is this, like, motivation for you to adopt the other ones? You leave one dead dog in the cell with them? When they put him in the cell, doesn't he still have six legs as well? 
and spines coming out of his back. Because isn't it just in the bit yeah. when he, yeah, yeah. when Lilo goes in to meet him that he gets rid of his he, extra arms? I never really thought about this, but how do he contract his arms? Is it something you can do? Hey. It's one of those things. Sounds it's one of those things. Stitch can do exactly what you need him to do for as long as you need him to do it. Um, and so they go outside and uh, Jumba's about to shoot um, Stitch. And if it takes out Lilo, he's okay with it. Until Wendy reminds us she can't do that. She's part of the mosquito food chain, which I thought was a nice payoff to the earlier joke. And the aliens decide they need to blend in. And this plays the game of the smallest amount of costume will have the greatest amount of success. Uh, Nani is off to work. And this time is legit leaving Lilo alone. As she goes off to work, she goes, I have to go to work. And rather than say, like, go home and lock the door, it's like Lilo and Stitch are just free to roam the town. Yep. (laughs) So, um, and then I really didn't quite get the presence of non-animated black and white film footage. Yeah, I don't know. What's cool, though, is the shop next to it's called Mulan's Walk. Yes, it was. <laughs> one, of, one of several. There's also a Mulan poster in Stitch uh, in Lilo's cl- uh, bedroom. Oh, I noticed yeah. that. And so, um, but we have those. But she's just kind of, uh, so um, I, I like to think that in this version of a Disney universe, there was the nuclear war happens. And as a result, everybody stopped being like regular, like moving people. And we all turned these like homogenous blobs with like Disney logic because there's no <laughs> other reason why they're watching like footage of old black and white films. Maybe that's their animated movie. <laughs> Maybe it is to them. Um, and there's, so don't forget there's the, there's the picture of Elvis as well, which is very, yeah, it's just regular realistic. black and white. Yeah. Camp. So, um, and then they go off and they see, um, the ginger kid with her two twin sidekicks. Ah, yes. And they're, yes. and I they're, don't remember any of the other. And they're riding their like little tricycles down the road. And they're like, you got a dog? And they go, he looks kind of ugly. At which point, like, Stitch like knocks her off her bike. And if you're going to tell me this is just Stitch's fault, when Lilo gets in the back of that, she's smiling awfully big. <laughs> so in the last couple days, she has attacked her, she has bit her. And then she has stolen her tricycle and laughed as her dog attacked it. And this is your hero <laughs> who I'm supposed to go, oh, but it's not her fault. Feeling attacked because this is yet another piece of Disney's uh, propaganda against <laughs> the, ginger. Yeah, it, I was just it, about it to is ask their anti ginger agenda coming out clearly <laughs> once again. And that ginger girl is horrible. To the girl who bit her? Yeah, before she did. She was to be mean. fair, when Lilo comes up, she bit her. but Lilo comes up to her and uh, tries to apologize after she bit and her. She's like, "Apology not accepted." You have the right to not accept someone's apology. In the, like, if it's like you bit me, I'm really sorry. No. <laughs> yeah, but she insulted Lilo before. Imagine well, the kid no. whose parents are dead, who believes that the fish can bring her dead parents back. You're like. That's crazy. Your parents are dead. She didn't know. She says your parents are dead. You have the total right to attack. <laughs> she just went, that's crazy. And it is pretty crazy. Um, plus, I just got knocked over because you traipsed water all over the floor. And I fell over. And I'm concussed. Ah, <laughs> uh, Myrtle's mean. You've all known a Myrtle. Nope, nope. Go Myrtle. Is it Myrtle? Myrtle. Myrtle, Myrtle yeah. Okay. Really? Okay. Yeah. Don't know where um, I remember that. <laughs> and so they go all over the 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 island, and uh, we get told that he'll search for large cities and try to find things to destroy. 
And the actual places they go to are actual features of this Hawaiian island. These are landmarks in the, of that place. Mm-hmm. So I'll give him credit for that. But apparently as part of his mission, according to General Jumbo, or Dr. Jumbo, sorry, he will back up sewers, he'll do something else, and he'll take all the left shoes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was cute. Uh, the problem is there's no big cities on the island, which makes Stitch quite upset. And then we have this film loved a montage to Pat runtime. And one of them is we get some Elvis music stuck on you. And it's a montage of bonding and destruction. And I've got here that Nani should not have custody of Lilo. <laughs> because she's just like this this girl. Thank God it's the safest town that ever was. Because she's just sicking this girl on, on, on the poor village. And just praying she doesn't break too much stuff. Postcards are getting thrown everywhere. Including one in Toronto. Um, but yeah, it's just not going well. And so then we have a fire show and this is where we meet David played by Jason Scott Lee, who played Bruce Lee in dragon, a Bruce Lee story and was Mowgli in the 94 live action version of the jungle book. And he's also Hawaiian. And so, uh, both he and Tia Carrera, who we spoke of earlier were given the ability to assist with the rewriting of the Hawaiian characters giving them appropriate dialogue and the proper colloquial dialect and some Hawaiian slang. So, um, at which point, Nani is trying to work in a job that requires her to wear very little clothing. To be fair, David as well is wearing very little clothing for um, white tourists who are coming to this. Yeah, it's very warm. Um, And so, and David Blossom is a bit bit of a screw up. He sets the roof on fire. Although whoever decided that you should have that material roof that close (laughs) on a fire. I would not pass a risk risk assessment. On a a fire breathing. I mean, it just feels like this is a a bit problematic. (laughs) If anything, he's punished for being too good because he, he, he spits the flame too far. But yet we're supposed to go, David's such a screw up. Uh, and so we get to Lilo, and she's hanging out at her sister's workplace, and she's just such a mature young lady. Because when she's told she can't bring the dog in there, she just no-sells the rebuke and goes, Dessert! Dessert! <laughs> I hate Stitch Lilo. is depressed. I he hate Lilo. Dessert. Yes, that's it. Uh, and then Nani says, because David wants to date her, and Nani says, I can't date. And we get to told it's because of Lilo. And I'm sorry, this is the first time we see Nani doing anything remotely like maternal as far as like putting priorities in place. No, I can't stay home and look after her. <laughs> but dating's a no-no. <laughs> but she, the reason she can't stay home is because she's working. That is not an acceptable reason to leave someone at home. Well, agreed, but it's a, she's still trying, isn't she? She's doing her best. Can't, well, this is my point. She sh- I'm not trying to be mean. She shouldn't have custody of No, Lilo. she shouldn't. Okay, thank you. Because this movie is, is designed to make us go, oh, they should be together. No, they really shouldn't. Well, they should be together. They should just be there should supported. Be, there should be another guardian in place <laughs> yeah. to help out. And if there's no grandparents... Like, I th- or a childminder. Hang, hang on. The point of this whole movie is Ohana. And everybody's <laughs> leaving the two of them to starve. Where's your Ohana now? Am I wrong? <laughs> Not remotely. Like this whole thing's supposed to be external family takes care of you. No one's taking care of them. They all know who she is. And there's a point where David could be a star later in the movie, and he leaves them high and dry as well. Whole stupid movie. Um, so, um, but 
David wa- is left there feeling kind of dejected. And then Lilo says, it's okay because she likes your butt and your hair. <laughs> Why does a six-year-old know this? <laughs> she read it from her. Oh, thanks from, for giving uh, us the answer for later on. What? You said we were going to play an age game. Oh, with damn it. Oh, Lilo oh. and Nani. <laughs> Sorry, I just can't get over my, 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 my rage at this. I was going to guess six, though. So, so back to my theory that Nani is doing a really good job raising this girl. I heard her say it. <laughs> well, to be fair, she might have said that before she was raising her, just in, you know, like a sisterly. <laughs> it's the one thing that stuck with Lilo. <laughs> yep. None of the other stuff. Not like, make sure you wait for me to pick you up, but she likes your butt. <laughs> Um, and so we get uh, Jumba and um, Wendy try to kidnap Stitch. Um, I keep saying Wendy because I forget Wendy's surname. Oh, Pleakley. Pleakley, thank you. Pleakley, Pleakley, Pleakley. Maybe I remember it now. And so why do they not know that the aliens are aliens in this regard? Everyone knows that Stitch doesn't look right. And Stitch at least has two arms mm-hmm. and walks on four legs. Like, one's got one eye and one's got six eyes. But, oh, he's wearing a hat. He must be human. <laughs> Oh, we're just from Delaware. Everybody does this. You put some false eyelashes on that Cyclops yeah. eye, so it must be normal. And apparently that was an homage to a character that Kevin McDonald did on Kids in the Hall. I didn't write uh. down the name, but that was supposed to be an inside joke, which I always appreciate when they go ahead and, and sort of make references to previous things. Again, I've got, wouldn't it be more safe for her to be home than be here? The answer, of course, to that is yes. Um, and then they get home, finally. And there's a joke where Stitch is going a little bit crazy and he ends up putting his arm inside the blender and it spins him around. Oh, this is the bit. Forget the f***ing dryer. (laughs) The last thing you want to do is tell kids if you put your arm in the blender, it'll spin you around. Like the dryer is a better shout than that. (laughs) <laughs> at least at least if you're gonna dry it in the first 30 seconds get me out get me out that they'll get you out probably but if 30 seconds into your arm being in a blender i got news for you <laughs> <laughs> and it's not Disney. good i don't even want a joke <laughs> i keep thinking jokes none of them are appropriate so neither was this joke by disney and he could have just like <sighs> got the top bit of the blender off and spilt the milkshake everywhere like, right think, but like, this was milkshake right this yeah, I think this so. was a strawberry oh, milkshake, like, not like, Stitch's blood. Think about this. Oh, I mean, I mean people. Oh no! Oh, <laughs> people went against like Home Alone for like cartoony violence. We don't want kids doing this. We don't want kids dropping irons on people's heads, and I, I agree with that. We don't want that, but we definitely don't want them putting arms and hands in blenders and turning them on. Ha ha ha! But it's Stitch that does it, not Lilo, so it's okay. Yeah, the one who's the, the one who all the merch is of, who's the cuddly they'll one. Put the, they'll put their animals um, in there instead to be like, the oh dogs, yeah, my yeah. puppy will spin. <laughs> oh no. And this is where we find out Ohana means family, unless your parents have just died. <laughs> At which point you're on your own, kids. Uh, we go into Lilo's room and she tells Stitch, why don't you try and make something for a change? And again, there's give me moments where I went, that's kind of cool. He he takes two seconds and he makes San Francisco. And then he destroys it. And I was like, okay, that's all right. He's also just had a bottle full of coffee, which I appreciated. Yes, a bottle full of coffee. It's a great choice for, for, for Stitch. <laughs> um, and so outside, we get the monsters, and they're fighting over a wig because like, this is how thin on story material they are in this film. What can we do? Just kill 30 seconds. Have them fight over the wig. I don't care. Uh, and then a mosquito has chosen Wendy Pleakley as its perch. And then all of them have, and then they all bite. And this is where we find out this, the lazy rewriting that I didn't, 
I, I didn't think he'd run out of things to destroy because thankfully Lilo has just said, I've got nothing left for you to destroy. And I'm like, no, there is a lot still, trust me. But as a result, he has no higher purpose. And I thought this was some really lazy writing to go, we need to justify why Stitch changes later. We'll talk about a higher purpose. Well, I liked the link from that to the Ugly <sighs> <Sure>. Duckling. <laughs> I thought it was really sweet. And so we go to the next day and... He's got the Ugly Duckling. When he gets the book, oh, the he ugly asks duckling Lilo is important. to explain yes, it. Yes, the yeah. Ugly Duckling. This happens here. And we're told about... And the idea about eventually you find your family. And so uh, the next day, there's a deal uh, where she's now needs to try out and get a new job and be a model citizen because Bubbles has come by and told her that she needs to get a new job and that Stitch needs to be a model citizen. Um, and so this begins uh, another montage to Devil in Disguise by one Elvis Presley. And I'm curious how Stitch turns a ukulele into an electric guitar. That smashes windows. Okay. And the Elvis gear, he dresses up on the beach as Elvis and and acts as Elvis until they crowd him and then it doesn't, until they get too close and they freak out. And I'm sorry, this is really similar to Dumbo again. Yeah! (laughs) (laughs) Well, they kind of freak out about it. But here is the original. Because this is the original. Early script drafts included the scene which depicts several tourists on the beach treating Lilo in a racist manner. Oh, no! Yeah, as payback, Lilo played a practical joke, tricking them into believing a tsunami is coming, which made them run away scared, much to the disdain of Bubbles. Which makes Lilo tell him, if you lived here, you'd understand. In the oh. final scene, this was replaced by Stitch playing guitar as Elvis. And Bubbles is always here, like... Uh, I'm sure social workers have more than one case in their caseload. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he's the one for the whole island and this is it. Maybe he runs such a tight ship that there's no other problems on this island. Because after much all... much of an international, like, person? Well, he dr- it's like, yeah, I come when everything's bad. There's some kid in, like, Nigeria who is being so awfully raised. I gotta go there. Some kid in Brazil... There, England, boom, I'm there. He's the international. Or he drops you out of a window. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so we have a surfing montage to surfboard on the sea because David has stopped by and said there's nothing that a surf's lesson can't um, fix. Why has he got two boards? He brought an extra board. Why? Because he was hoping to get Nani on a surfboard. How did he know she was there? And hadn't he just been surfing? Let's go surfing now. Everybody show me how. Come on a safari with me. I don't know. A super cool trick, which is one one leg for each uh, board. <laughs> Actually jet skiing. Like roller skates. <laughs> uh, and so Stitch, uh, they go surfing, and they're all having a good time. And Nani's a very good surfer because this is what, you know, how can we be cool? Let's make everybody surf. Uh, and Stitch is grabbed by Jumba and pulled down. And we got told the only thing that Stitch can't do is he can't swim. His molecular structure is too dense or something. Yeah. Um, and so he's pulled down uh, but as a way to save everybody because uh, Lilo gets pulled down as well. Stitch bites the air tank and uh, it explodes and he gets free because that's how it works. It just gets you away from everybody and nothing actually like there's no shrapnel. And then uh, he's saved by David um, and David carries him back onto the shore and Bubbles says to Nani, I know you're trying, and you need to think what's best for Lilo, and he'll be back tomorrow. Very much given the idea, but this is it. Tomorrow he's going to come get her. 
At which point, if you know it's over, this is when you take the kid, isn't it? Yeah. It felt like they, I mean, they could have gone for a runner at this point. I, I like to think it was just him being like, you've got one last chance tomorrow. But at the same time, like, that doesn't, yeah, that doesn't quite like, well. At which point, David blames Stitch. I'm like, it's not Stitch's fault. How do they not notice the giant cyclops and no the idea. massive man wave? <laughs> I have no idea. But even at worst case scenario, even if you think Stitch fell off a surfboard and drowned, is that his fault as a dog? If that's what we're going with. And so for last night, uh, Stitch runs literally into a family of ducklings, which was quite cute. And Nani is having a nice moment where she's singing to her sister until we meet again. And this is why I think it's, she knows she's getting taken in the morning. Oh, she's yeah, given he, her this moment. He basically tells her he is, but I think it's just a chance to give them an evening together to say goodbye. And this is where Stitch finds the photo we weren't allowed to see earlier. And it's the photo of the family. And we get the backstory. There was a scene, again, in a previous draft, where Lilo introduces Stitch to Pudge, the fish. Yay. Oh, I know about it. Which one. ultimately leads to Pudge's death. Oh, no. <laughs> Lilo then takes Pudge's body to the same graveyard where her parents were buried. Oh, my God. I didn't know that. And this is how Stitch learns the consequences of his actions <laughs> and, gained, and, and leads him to gain a better understanding of mortality. <laughs> I kind of wish that stayed in. I want to see the original, like, forget the Snyder cut. I want to see, what was the director's name again? I want to see his original script. I want to see that. But it's Stitch as a mob boss being like, yeah. this is, this is, this is, my, punch the fish. Hey! Forget about it. <laughs> uh, what's wrong with you, boss? I can't forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she invites, and by she, I mean Lilo, invites Stitch to stay or go. He goes, but he takes a book. And the book, of course, is The Ugly Duckling. Uh, we find out that Jumba and Pleakley are fired because um, they haven't got Stitch yet. And I think it's a bit unfair because, you know, no one else has managed to prove they can get him. Yeah. I mean, the only thing they were guilty of is they kept stalling rather than go, look, we're trying. We got plans. They go, yeah, we, yeah we've yeah, uh, we got him and we'll be back in a couple of days. That was pretty good, I thought, actually, all things considered. <laughs> um, and so they decide they'll send someone else. And uh, Jumba tries to capture Stitch, but Stitch says he's waiting for his family. And he goes, well, you, don't, you don't have a family. He says, well, maybe I'll find one. And... Um, then we find out David runs up and says in the morning, I think I found you a job. He goes, where? He goes, at the store. She runs off. Is there any reason why David can't stay behind and watch Lilo? <laughs> no. No, there's not. And that would fix again the movie. If David went, great, you go, I've got the kid. Because Ohani means something. It means extended Ohani. family. Ohana. <laughs> what is Ohani? Is that, is that actually a thing? No. Oh, I thought maybe no. it was like a type of sushi roll or something. So. Um, but uh, Ohana means something. <sighs> no, all this guy's interested in is being boyfriend to... Because uh, I think he even says as they run away, maybe if you get the job, then we can date. Because <laughs> she's going to have a lot of free time because you won't have a sister to look after anymore. <laughs> and so then we get the home invasion. And... If Jumba got fired, why does he care about capturing Stitch anymore? He, he doesn't seem very angry to me. Unless you could just use it again, like, we're going to use you. It seemed, it seemed more like it was like, well, now finally the gloves are off and I can do things my way. But why do you care? Perhaps he thinks if He's he does fired. still catch him, then he won't, then he'll still be freed. 
But the, the, or it can just... there is no sign in any other part of the movie they're going to arrest him. When that woman shows up, or when the captain shows up, they don't arrest them. No, but he was in jail previously. Yeah, yeah. They let him out to go and catch right, Stitch. But then, when, Stitch but so... then when every other character shows up, no one says, okay, back to the jail cell, will you? Well, no, but then they kind of <laughs> caught him that time, hadn't Sorry. they? Sorry. Maybe one of the thousand of rewrites, they went, oh, yeah, right. We, we didn't do that. Um, and so, meanwhile, this is all taking place to Hound Dog, which, which, which I, I do like Hound Dog as a song. Uh, and the house is getting wrecked. And including the great line, punch buggy, no punchbacks, because even though Stitch has had very limited exposure to people, he knows every Western reference there ever was. Even those all the holidays, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, I, I, Christmas. I had that written down. Both of them know him. <laughs> Jumba's been doing research as well. I really love as well how when Lilo calls Mr. Bubbles to tell him aliens are attacking the house, she says, oh, good, my dog found a chainsaw. <laughs> yes. And uh, by the way, I've got written down underneath the happy Hanukkah. This film is so stupid. Um the original version of the scene was supposed to be much more like violent and like not cartoony yeah. violent, but like violent, violent where like Jumbo's just firing guns everywhere and Stitch fills the house. Huh? That toothpaste thing as well, right? Explain that to me because I'm not familiar with it. Uh, the Swiss army knife that gets thrown. That, oh like, yes, 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 yes. Was not originally supposed to be there. And they're like, well, we can't have anything violent nearly stab someone. We'll have a toothpaste. Yeah. I love as well how when it goes through the door, a little bit of the toothpaste squeezes out of the tube. (laughs) But it was found to be too violent by audiences and was revised to make it more comedic. And then at this point, she's got the job and she's leaving and there's a fire engine. She goes, don't turn left. Don't turn (laughs) left. And it turns left. But as it turns left, you may have noticed the license plate said A113. As did the license plate on the punch buggy and on the gas tanker later in the film. So, um, and so it turned out they shouldn't have, and I'm going to, Nani shouldn't have Lilo. She just shouldn't. Because even with this job, how is she taking care of Lilo? At the end of the movie, how does she take care of Lilo? At the end, it's because they now have two live-in carers, but... They both have jobs. Oh. And then maybe, maybe the hours no. work. Maybe it's possible. Jumper and Pleakley. Oh, that's, yes, that's right. I'm sorry. Because um, they don't eat, apparently. Um, <laughs> so Lilo is taken away. Um, Nani says she needs me. <laughs> to which point, uh, Bubbles points to the destroyed house and goes, is this what she needs? And I'm like, dude's got a point. <laughs> and then, it's a line after. Oh, no, you go. So, so... Then Lilo escapes out of the car. Because no like, one locked the doors. Do these, do these cars not have child locks? Especially oh, so in a stupid. social worker car, but which is often used to take away children. Especially as you're lecturing someone about their like, dereliction of duty and care. <laughs> so you're not looking stupid. after this child. I'll look after this child somewhat. Wait, where the child <laughs> It's smart. I do like the line, though, when it's like where Cobra says, like, I think you need her more than she needs you. And I'm like, oh, that's yeah. actually just really depressing. It's true. Um, she gets told, uh, so Lilo finds Stitch and tells Stitch, you ruined everything. Which I'd like to remind everybody that the social worker showed up way before Stitch was in the picture. <laughs> um, so um, he reveals himself with six arms, returns the photo. She says, get out of here, Stitch. And then she's instantly captured along with, with, with Lilo and put into a glass capsule by the captain who screwed up earlier and let him go. And I'm going, well, why didn't you just put him in a glass capsule to begin with? And then when Stitch breaks free in like two seconds, I wrote, oh, yeah, this is why. <laughs> and 
Nani then finds is it Nani or is it David? Uh Nani. Who finds Stitch and says, Talk. I know you can. And he goes, Okay, okay. And he's like, Whoa <laughs> And he starts talking almost full sentences. And then she hits him round the head because she gets scared. Uh. It's like you just told him to talk. And then enter Jumba and Pleakley, and they go, you know, she's gone. And they go, well, look at the bright side. You've got no one to yell at anymore. <laughs> this is Pleakley. And I'm like, dude has been watching the same movie I have. Good shout. <laughs> um, and then she cries, and then Stitch says, Ohana, because none of the neighbors get this concept, but Stitch does. Stitch does. And so then they ask... Pleakley and uh, Jumba for help. And he goes, you expect me to help you just like that? And they go, okay. And they go, oh, he's persuasive. I'm like, this movie sucks. There was, there's not an arc. It's just back to you and your flip switch. It's like, we need him to be good now. Oh, Done. it was funny. No, it's stupid. It's cute. It's stupid. And then we have the spaceship chase. And this was the biggest change to the films. You know yeah. what? Yeah. Because originally... Yeah. Jumba, Pleakley, Stitch, and Nani hijack a Boeing 747 jet from Lahu Airport and what? fly it through downtown Honolulu to it save Lilo. But you can't do this. Why can't you do this, Ethan? Don't think with 9-11. Yeah, 9-11 happened in 2001. So you can't in 2002 have them hijack oh. a plane. <laughs> like, like with Spider-Man. The heroes hijack the plane. Remember famous Spider-Man trailer where he like webs a, a helicopter between the twin yeah, towers? Yeah, <gasps> yeah. Oh, and, and, and there's a Friends yeah. episode where they make a joke about there being a bomb on the plane. And and, and, oh. and, and they're like, no, we, we have to scrap that. So they want some, some other B-plot for Chandler and Monica that week. Because they filmed it and went, nope, can't use that. <sighs> so... They redid it with a CGI model of the 747 replaced with Jumba's spaceship and only a few shots. So then they just put other things. So instead of being Honolulu, you can see the shot for shot that's out there on the internet. And um, you can see kind of where it's been swapped to the bare streets of the village. Um, And so Stitch makes his way to the other ship and scratches away. And I don't know why he didn't do that the first time. And then rockets that are propelling the ship veer inward to burn Stitch, which would work for A, he's fireproof. But if we look at the physics of this, these rockets are propelling the ship forward. (laughs) If you put them on the angle, it should be pulling the ship away from itself and split the thing in two. That's what I'm trying to do here. Um, And so that is problematic. Um, That's the problematic part. Yes, I mean And then Lilo looks at Stitch and says, don't leave me, okay? And I'm like, this is worse than the car horn in space. How can this noise get out? Um, Stitch grabs a gasoline truck and takes it into an active volcano. Um, That should have blown him up and not acted as a rocket, but all right. And then Stitch saves Lilo and she goes, you came back. And he went, Nobody gets left behind, or I don't know how he does it. Not like that. The oh, ship, my God, no. The ship lands right by David, who is surfing. Now, remember what I said. Nani needed someone to watch Lilo. <laughs> he doesn't do it because we assume he's at the job interview. 
<laughs> he ditches her and goes surfing, knowing there's a child left by herself in a family that he apparently wants to be part of. And my favorite part about this is that um, David has, hasn't had any interaction with the aliens at this point, but he sees this spaceship land in the sea <laughs> like, hey, with loads of aliens like <laughs> hanging out of the door. And he's like, hey, Lilo. <laughs> That's his biggest problem. <laughs> and so they go to arrest because this point Grand Marshal Grey Monster comes and shoots, <laughs> shoots Lilo and gets him in these cuffs. She shoots Lilo. Oh, she shoots Lilo. <laughs> if only. End of movie. <laughs> shoots Stitch. And as they go to march him off, and he's like, Can I say goodbye first? And it's kind of like the savage beast has just kind of gone. Is it okay if I, okay, and, th- and then I'll go. And then we find out, but no, 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 because Lilo has a document, because aliens love rules, that says that Stitch is someone's property. So indentured servitude and slavery and purchasing other beings is the solution to this movie. It's good to own other creatures. Wow, it really is like Dumbo. Yeah. <laughs> but he's, we do own dogs. He's not a dog. Yeah, but- but they thought that he was. Exactly. But how does that get him? Like, if you can sentence him to like, like you're not going to sentence a dog to like a jail cell, are you? He was born no. like five days ago and put into <laughs> technically ownership. Yeah. Uh, like if you create a new species, if anyone, it's like, if, uh, anyone, yes. if anyone owns him, it's Jumba. Technically. If you buy something that wasn't yours to buy, it doesn't mean it's yours. <laughs> If Ethan goes ahead and robs his neighbor and sells me the Nintendo Switch, and I go, no, 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 I have a receipt. <laughs> Ethan sold me this fair and square. Yeah, he stole it from you, but he sold it to me legally. That I like that I up. create receipts for my theft. <laughs> it's, good, it's good to leave a paper trail, a literal paper trail. <laughs> and so at this point, Grand Marshal, Grand... Grand Councilwoman. Sure. She should do Bubbles from... Because Bubbles is here, of course, from 1973 in, in Roswell... Uh, and he's the one who came up with the idea that mosquitoes are an endangered race. And I thought that was cute. No, I really liked that. And then we have yet another bloody montage with temperature rising, done not by Elvis this time, but by Winona Judd, which is a yeah, female I country did. star. And I thought it was a dude doing a cover version, but it was. Now, it's totally cool for a woman to have a low voice. I was just totally thrown when I saw the credits and said, Winona. I went, what? Uh, and yet another bloody montage. And Jumba and Pleakley stay on Earth and help raise the kid, I guess. And we get some photo credits. Um, Bubbles and Jumba are chilling on the couch, just watching some TV. They go to Graceland. There's a new family with a foreshot of Nani and David and Lilo and Stitch, the name of the movie. And they have and Christmas together. They have Christmas together because it's Jumba who's like Santa Claus? Yeah. 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 Uh, and then old family meets new family as they somehow put Stitch into the picture. They defy the laws of you know time, space, and life and death by somehow putting Stitch in the picture with her pair. I guess all the important people in one photograph, but yeah. It's just uh, it's like photos overload. Yep, yep. Because it got ripped in the in the house explosion, as these things always do. Like it singed a bit around the edges, but doesn't destroy the essence of what you really had. And so uh, the 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 way it was written was that Ohana causes Stitch to defy his intended destructive purpose in order to keep his family together. And that's the moral of the film. Stitch uh, is also <sighs> seen Fast and the Furious. <laughs> yeah. Just need a 10-second car. Um, and so we talked about the massive success 
that Lilo and Stitch had. We had several sequels. We had uh, spinoffs. We had video games. We had all sorts of stuff. Sanders, for his um, credit, would go on to direct Bolt. And then John Lasseter became head of Disney Animation and fired Sanders. <laughs> he would then go to DreamWorks. <laughs> Further proof he's a rotten man. Yeah. Uh, so Lilo is six. How old do we think Nani is? One, twenty-two. I think I think she's not an adult yet. I think she's like sixteen, seventeen. I'm gonna say seventeen. Nineteen. Oh, nineteen is the working sort of uh, theory. I think. So here's a question, because the moral of this film, I think there's two. I think the first one is the ugly duckling thing, right? Don't don't assume and don't you know. Just because you're born one way doesn't mean you have to be that way. Uh, kind of the antithesis to what Lady Gaga was saying. <laughs> um, but uh, I think the other one is this is a message about sisterhood and yeah. sisterly love. So why don't we talk about this more like we do with Frozen? Because everyone holds that up as like the start of this movement. But actually this is, yeah, there's a romantic storyline, but it's very much like the third most important or fourth most important storyline. And she very much even says like, I can't date right now because yeah. I have these other priorities. So it's clearly not her singular her focus is, is focus, her yeah. for, for all the crap I gave it. And I'm going to say it deserves, but still like her number one priority kind of, at least as far as how she states it is her sister. Yet we ignore this when we talk I about think things. It, I think it's because look at the funny blue thing. It go roll. It go ha. <laughs> look how cute it is. Is it that? <laughs> I think so. Everyone is I, it po- that I know that watches this is just like, look at it, Stitch, you do funnies. Is it possible that because we branded this, and I'm going to use the word branded, branded this with the word Ohana, we go, this is a Hawaiian thing. Yeah. It's unique to their culture. It's not about, it's not something that's universal. It's a Hawaiian thing. Because it's Ohana. We don't have Ohana. That's theirs. And and because we made Frozen and we put the white girls in it. Yeah, I can see. Yeah, I think that's exactly why. Hmm. Because this should be a bigger deal. And no one ever, not even, no one brings it up. Like when people go, Frozen, oh, it's amazing, the sisters. No one goes, Lilo and Stitch. Lilo I and Stitch did first. Big Hero 6. Big Hero 6 is like the gender-swapped Lilo and Stitch. It's all about brotherhood I, and I, siblings. I am going to kind of cut you off a little bit just because I've never seen it. And I'm looking forward oh, to it. Oh, that's fine. So I'm just, uh, sorry about that because at some point when we, oh, when we do that, and we will, uh, I, I definitely want to have that conversation though. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, no one talks about that. And I think there's something in that. There, for, for, for as much as I did or didn't like this movie, there is something in that which doesn't get mentioned enough. There are good themes. It's yeah. just bogged down by, you know, the 2000s Disney <sighs> art jokes and snot. I really enjoy the little kind of nods to the Hawaiian culture with obviously, well, Ohana's more than a nod, but like things like when it says Kapu on the door and um, she puts a little lay round, round Stitch when she's talking to him when they have that little moment. And the character animations are very unique mm-hmm. in, in the way that they made these people look. This wasn't like, you know... Um, other sort of uh, films where you take um, the Disney formula to other parts of the world and you just kind of change the skin pigmentation, but everybody still looks the same. Mm. Do you know what I mean? There was yeah. a distinct look to Hawaii as created by the men and the women as created yeah. by whatever. Yeah. And it wasn't your, for, for all its credit, it wasn't your typical hourglass, ridiculous 
body proportions for the men or or, or the women. They felt bo- on both sides. Enjoyed I think the realistic body proportions. Much more, much more realistic this. body yeah. proportions. I think on the men and the women. The men weren't shoulders and skinny like because some of the guys they're like the shoulders are like three times, four times as wide as their waists. Yeah, it's kind of like He-Man figure logic. <laughs> like your waist would break. Most films would have like David is this like Herculean washboard of a of a of a man, but he's like or just a regular dude. Or you'd make him like a super nerdy one. It would be one of the two yeah. extremes, and he's not. He'd I mean, be like hunched over and. He's, he, he's like thin, but he's in shape, but he's not ridiculously yeah. in shape. Hmm. Yeah, it was all right. Um, so uh, let's do the usuals, I guess. Um, let's do this one first. Which story is more important? Because there's two stories here. Is it the sister hmm. story or is it the stitch story? I think they tie in. I know this is a bit of a cop out, but the but the stitch story is about him becoming part of the family, and at the same time, you having the family bond. Strengthened between Lilo and oh, Charlie, so they do very much tie in. Um, okay, maybe a better I one. Think... Which one were you more invested in? Oh, probably the sisterhood one. But I really, I, mm, I was gonna, I was literally about to say the Stitch one until you asked me which one I was more invested in, and then I said the sisterhood one. That's fine. So, Ethan, same questions. I'm kind of on the same fence about it. I think, I think the film wants me to be invested in the sisterhood thing. Yeah, you're right. But they don't show it enough. It's like maybe three scenes in total that really hit home about it. But the rest is like, eh, we're going to do some of the funnies and it'll just be in the background, which is fine. Subtlety is fantastic. But it's like, if your main thing, what you keep bringing home is Ohana is important. Ohana is fantastic. And then it's like, well, we, we have this opening. We have a, a, a sad emotional song in the hammock and then she'll run away. It, it's, it's not enough. It's a very quick film. For a film that's very, very fast-paced, I would have thought they'd just be easy to squeeze in just a little bit more. Yeah, I agree. And it wasn't afraid to do a bunch of... I mean, you could, you, could have, you could have done character development in a montage. Oh, yeah. Treasure Planet, which happens five months later, did some of its best work in that montage to that uh, Johnny Resnick, Goo Goo Dolls, uh, whatever it was, song, Lifehouse song. Oh, but, yeah, I'm still here. This thing, that's what montages are for. They're not just, like... They can be used for the whole... I'm trying to find a job, but it's also... I want to see growth. Yeah. Something. I mean, I know you only... Yeah. The problem is they wrote themselves in a the corner with the whole three-day thing. Uh, yeah. I will say the one I was more invested in was the sister one, probably more so because that's what the third act was more so focused on, was rescuing yeah. her. Although, it, it, obviously, it interlapped by that point. It wasn't so much of keeping the family together. Hmm. Um, but I'll tell you what, I want to be, I wanted to be more engaged in the Stitch one than I did the... Um, Lilo one. So, mm. so as um, favorite character, I really like Lilo. Okay, <laughs> you've been hating on her all podcast, but I really like the fact that she's she's quirky and she's confident in it as well, and that she's she's different, isn't she? And she, but she's also really spiritual, and she stands up for what she believes in. And you get like these little moments where she's like. She's practicing voodoo at one point, which I thought was really funny. Um, and then you've got the bit where she's wishing on a star and she just does these quirky things. I like giving the, the fish a sandwich. Like she just doesn't care like what other people think of her. She's just really. She's Zoe Deschanel before Zoe Deschanel was <laughs> Zoe Deschanel. <laughs> she was a six-year-old. Yeah, it's a lot more believable. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I hear you. I hear you. Um, I understand why someone would. Uh, Ethan. 
I really like David. He's just like a decent guy. Father always trying to pick up Nani, but he's he's funny, he's quippy, and he's just like he's very down to earth, which you don't really get that much with male Disney characters at that point in time. They're very mm. much like, oh, I'm just I'm gonna get the girl. That's all I care about. And <laughs> look at me, I'm so suave and cool. So I want to surf and hang with with Nani, and I can, I can respect that. Could the film have used another male character for David to express some of his feelings too, so he got flushed out a bit more? Maybe, but I think at the same time, like, I don't, I don't know. I, I've never really thought about it in that. Well, let me give my let, let me give my character, and then I'll and then I'll throw you kind of what I'm talking about here. Yeah, uh, mine's gonna be Stitch, which I wouldn't have thought going in. I would not have thought wow. going in. Uh, I really like Stitch, and I think in a way that you're so limited with characters, and when you have so little stuff spoken, yeah, it means that when he does finally speak, it needs to actually carry weight, and it did. It did, and he did the heavy lifting, and the ugly duckling was a lovely little metaphor for what was happening, or Dumbo, you know, the idea that the outcast eventually becomes the hero and accepted and finds family and love and all that sort of stuff. Um, I will go with Stitch. Now, my question with the, I was going to come back to is, we used to talk about the role of women in films, whether it's on either podcast. I think the role of women in this one is actually really quite quite complicated and, like, as far as that yeah. goes, really quite nuanced. What's the role of men in this? I don't mean alien men, because I think it's a bit of a cop-out if we go with... Uh, I mean, you can even with women, you can look at Grand Moff Tarkin-esque gray worm woman and go, she's in a position of authority. That's, that's fine. But what about... In this case, how are the men represented? Because, see, Ethan, when you said David, I was surprised because I think David comes off as... He's not quite Prince Eric, but he's, I don't think there's that much more to him. I think he's a good representation of what, like, very... And I'm going to say a lot of buzzwords here, but it's a very, <laughs> it's, it's the concept of untoxic masculinity where he's just, he's just this decent guy that doesn't really have that much of a, an agenda, but he's also respectful, even though he's kind of pursuing Nani at the same time, which is very, you don't see that a lot in any form of media. Yeah. Because even now. Bland. I'll give it, because usually it's one or two. Usually it's Gaston. Yeah. She's mm. the prettiest. I mean, she's the best. The don't I deserve the best. She will yeah. be mine. Or you get... Oh, gee. You, you, or you get, what's his name from, from, from Hunchback? You get a, 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 oh, Quasimodo. a Quasimodo going, oh, she's an angel. And you don't really get guys in the middle like, oh, who was the same guy from, uh, not the same guy, same movie. Uh, oh, uh, Phoebus. Phoebus. Phoebus, yeah. And the cool thing about Phoebus was Phoebus was, was definitely in the middle of those two yeah. things and saw her for everything she was. Um, I guess David's closer to that than he is to either of the two I, I I, would have I liked, feel he's closer to Phoebe. I needed him to have another character to speak to. Like, like Phoebus had, even if it was his horse, Phoebus yeah. had other characters he could mm. talk to. You know, what a woman. Like, even that, that would be enough. Besides the six-year-old, the six-year-old cannot be the character we use <laughs> to get his feelings about Nani. I think it's because the, ma- the main plot line is revolves around the relationship with the sister and not Nani's relationship with David. I can't, I think it's fleshed out more later on, but again, that's like in other films when it's already previously established. But I think having it as a side thing shows that Nani values, well, she even says she values Lilo more than a relationship currently. Okay. But, um, mm. We're running out point. a little short on time, but favorite moments in the film? Um, I already mentioned how much I love Sandwich Day, so I'm just going to talk quickly about the bit where Lilo actually buys Stitch. I really enjoyed the part where she... <laughs> 
Nani is about to pay and Nina goes, no, I want to buy him. And then goes, can I borrow $2? Yeah. And then she literally takes it and hands it straight back again because she's not tall enough to reach over the counter. And now this counter. is her, yeah. And I thought that was, firstly, it was really cute and it was really funny, but it's also quite realistic well, what, for a child. What were those things as a kid you wanted to do? You wanted to push the buttons so across the road, right? And in yeah. the lift. In the lift. In the elevator. And maybe you could push the last button to get the money and say, push in the cash point. Push that on the ATM. Push that yeah. button and the money comes out. Buttons, isn't it? It's all buttons. Buttons and the idea of, I want to do it. I want to, and somehow like, it, but it's not about actually buying it. It's about the 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 image, the impression, the, yeah. the let's pretend I'm a grown up. it hers, not her sister's. And I just thought that was really cute. Good. Ethan? Um, I really like... Um, what would have been Nani and Lilo's final scene, like the night before she's supposed to go away. That's a nice scene. I think it's very impactful for what it is. It's the one scene that as I was, I was tearing up a lot at points because there's the whole connotation of, oh, she's going to go away. Mm. And I like, I, I do like that final scene where Nani thinks she, she believes it's the final time she'll really get to see Lilo and she wants it to be, you know, important and impactful. And it, it's, it's very nice. Yeah. I'm gonna, Shouldn't that have been a bigger deal? In a film it where should. her parents died, shouldn't mm. the idea of being separated mm. from your sister have been much more a present and and, and, and real fear for all the characters yeah. as yeah. opposed to just this like annoying countdown? Yeah, the funny thing is, this is the scene I would always skip as that. a kid. It was too slow. Yeah. I, I always watched it as a kid. I was like, I want to see the crazy blue puppy. And now I'm like, oh, no, conflict. Great. Yeah, I'm gonna kind I of, think that's why. I'm going to kind of riff off yours a little bit, Ethan. My favorite bits, as much as I've been down on it, my favorite bits were the bits in which we clearly saw there was a commonality between yeah. Lilo and Nani. And I, whether it was the screaming into the pillow mm-hmm. or just other things where they were just clearly represented as having the same mannerisms or having the same sorts of fears or having the same, you know, you know, go to your room. I'm already in my room screen. They both go, ah, that stuff I found to be um, endearing and I thought there were some mo- really nice moments they'd built up, and then I just felt they squandered them so often. Uh, what was everybody's favorite script doctor, um, Joss Whedon, doing at this point? Because maybe he was already directing his own films at this point, but they needed him to come in and fix this story. Is, uh, he's doing, is he doing Buffy at this point? He probably is. Actually, that's yeah. exactly what he's doing. He's making musical episodes of Buffy, um, the most terrifying one with silence. Grumbles. Just one. Please, we're trying to limit it to one. So... The idea that when when Nani gets the um the potential job at the end, when David comes and knocks on the door, she's clearly comfortable with the idea of leaving Lilo at home in a pinch. And and obviously well, I suppose Bears earlier it wasn't her fault, but when when she leaves Lilo to walk the dog after they've just got him or whatever. But all these other times when she goes out job hunting and it's really important and she's failed so many job interviews because of stuff that's happened, why didn't she just leave Lilo at home? Because it's causing more problems to take her with her, and yep. she clearly doesn't care about leaving her at home if it's important to. Yeah, the film didn't really. It's like they created the situation where we're like, shoot, she's going to be a nuisance. But then the solution is to leave her at home. Which well, you can't be like that. That's the solution, though. It, but that the, is her solution. The last time. exactly, but exactly, but we, we can't tre- we can't champion that though. No. So I'm not, they wrote I'm not themselves saying it's a good thing. No, so they wrote themselves into a really stupid no. corner as a result. Mm. Ethan, um, I think film is too too short for what it needs it go it's too fast paced at points but then too slow and for a film that's what like an hour and 10 minutes long it doesn't do enough 
at points where I'm like, oh yeah, this is like a film. It just feels like an overextended double episode of something. Yeah, you're not wrong. I'll give you that. Mm-hmm. And I think if you give it a chance to breathe and the stakes mean something. And yeah. the stakes never got to meet you too much stuff to cram into this film. I need a couple more scenes to to highlight how severe this consequence can be. Yeah. And if if you have like more things where like there's either packing or things just something that makes me go like if, if, oh she will never see her like if we think about this think about the pressure that nani should be underneath and, and you can argue yeah. she's but you could have a moment where she, maybe she has a picture as well underneath her pillow that would be a great commonality between the two characters and she yeah. talks to it and goes i'm trying really hard i didn't yeah. i don't know what to do what do i do and then just have it like fade out on her like crying or looking in in whatever or or feeling lost and then have the next morning with all the pressure on it now you got there's some stakes here yeah and, and it wouldn't have taken much it wouldn't have mine is the toggle switch because lilo is a brat until she's not yeah about a day or two maybe a day into having stitch she stops being a problem actually stitched is a problem but she's she's golden she went from the girl who just bites someone for saying she's crazy to being absolutely the perfect child. Just needed a dog. And Jumba goes from being, I, all I want out of life is to <laughs> hunt Stitch. And then just goes, wait, you need me to be something else for this movie? Done. <laughs> and there's no arc. There's no moment where he goes, oh. I think they tried with that bit where he's like family in the woods. But that, that, that isn't what happened. So that would be me. So now what's left is our rankings. So just a quick reminder, anybody at home, we have done the following films to this point. We have 18 of them. We have done Frozen, Mulan, Pocahontas, Lady in the Tramp, Three Caballeros, Sword in the Stone, Wreck-It Ralph, Treasure Planet, Aladdin, Hunchback of Notre Dame, 101 Dalmatians, Alice in Wonderland, The Wild, The Princess and the Frog, Frozen 2, The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad, Dumbo, and Lilo and Stitch. One being the best, 18 being the worst. Where do you have this, Ellie? I've really surprised myself with this one. I've got it at number seven. Seven? I really liked it. Okay. Um, I didn't have very many criticisms of the film at all. I, I went in expecting to really be completely the opposite and really not like it. So you have a below what and above what? Um, it's below Wreck-It Ralph and above 101 Dalmatians. Okay. Two dog movies, I guess, technically. <laughs> <laughs> I think Lady in the Tramp might be underneath that as well. Wow. Uh, Ethan? Uh, I have number six. I I still really, really like it, even though we all completely railed on this film. And don't get me wrong, I still think there are some problems here. But I do, I do really enjoy it, and it is definitely nostalgia. But it's it's fun. It's 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 a fun watch just to have in the background. So it's above what and below what? Uh, it is above Mulan and below Treasure Planet. Okay, Treasure Um, Planet. Small correction from me: it's actually above Lady and the Tramp, and 101 Dalmatians is below that. Okay, redo. Yeah. I have this at number 17. Oh my god. <laughs> I have it uh below Three Caballeros and above Whoa. and above The Wild. Below Three Caballeros. Below Three wow. Caballeros. There were such and it's weird cuz it gave me some moments I really liked, but it gave me some moments that absolutely just defied logic of internal storytelling. It just did. And I, I if your whole premise of your film is Ohana, you can't then have nobody help them. Ohana only counts to, to what? The the dog? Stitch? Stitch is the only one who counts for Ohana? Come yeah. on. <laughs> you are very right in that. This is, but that's your central point of the my, film. Didn't hinder my viewing. That's your central point. 
And everybody was just bad until they weren't. And it was good until they weren't. Is there a villain? At the start, it's Jumba. Then halfway through, it turns into that captain guy. Then it's, you know, um, Bubbles for a while. And then it's finally the Grand Marshal, whatever her name is. And But th- it's all until we need them to not be the villain anymore. It's just circumstance is the enemy. And it, it's probably the best example of actually a really decent idea that was squandered so terribly in the execution. I need a one more, I think. Yeah. I mean, Ethan, you uh, give me and you. I'm not, give me and you 10 Give us an afternoon. Give us a whole afternoon. We can have a yeah. better script and just let us have this and work off it. We can fix this. Yeah. Easy. You can, you can easily have that final scene not be like, you know, gone through taking her away. You could easily have it like Cobra is. There's more of a severe impact if she has to fly away. Yeah. Cobra has to take her somewhere else off of the island to a actual city or a town on the main island of Hawaii. What if she's going to be hurt and he openly like sacrifices himself to save her, to show that he cares about more than himself. And why is yeah. it? Because Ohana. And then you go ahead and you have her sort of look quizzically. And, and the guy who wanted to destroy him now shows up and Jumba is actually going, I thought the same as you, but he has evolved behind above his programming. You wanted to know if he understands clearly he understands. Yeah. And then have him say, Ohana, now. And that shows he understands. Hmm. And then I've tied it together to the first scene. We should do the remake. It's that, that took Coming us. to Disney yes, Plus. That took us 95 seconds. I'm still terrified of that remake, by Stupid. the way. Stupid. Are they really doing one? They're doing a live-action remake, and I, I'm terrified <laughs> of what Stitch is going to look like. He's going to be like some messed up blue koala, and I, I'm <laughs> so excited. I just, oh, I just, I, I hope it's Sonic in like a robber's mask. That's all I hope. Oh my God, I hope it is now, Sonic. We are left in a weird situation because we don't have a movie pick for next week. Oh. We don't. I thought you were picking a movie for next week. I had some ideas. Oh, okay. So I'm going to throw a couple of ideas maybe out to the group here. So the first okay. idea I've got is Ted Danson, Steve Gutenberg. And Tom Selleck. Oh! In Three Men and a Baby. That's on That's Disney? That is, a Dis- that is on Disney Plus. Oh. Getting a Disney Plus remake with Zac Efron. Is it really? So actually, that might be yes. kind of a tidy one to do right now. It's, uh, I think it's like Three Men and a Little Baby or something like that. Three Men and a Baby. Yeah. Oh, is it really? Okay, yeah, because it was Three Men yeah. and a Baby. They did a sequel to that eventually and then Three left it be. Lady, Three Men and a Little Lady, which happened in yeah. England because what you did, the sequel has to be in Europe. But at the start, you know, it's got like cars. <laughs> yes, and cars too. Yeah. Deuce Bigelow too. <laughs> so that's a thought. And then I, or I thought we could go all the way back to the original 19, I think the 60s, and do the parent trap. Oh, the original parent the trap. The original parent trap. Ooh. Oh, not the, oh. not the Lindsay Lohan, oh. the original parent trap. So I'm going to throw it out to the two of you and see kind of what do you think about those ideas? I've never seen Three Men and a Baby. Three Men and a Baby is an atrociously written and acted script. It <laughs> oh, gets it gets by on cute factor. It gets by <laughs> on pure cute factor. And the and and the, the <laughs> plot is like two guys went into a room, did a lot of cocaine, came out with a story that centers around cocaine. Oh what? <laughs> yeah. What no. Yeah. <laughs> It is really quite. It, it gets saved because it's got charm. 
but charm makes up for some terrible writing terrible the acting's not that bad actually but the the leads are great everybody else sucks and the writing is atrocious should we should we should we, should we go ahead and do that Sure. Yeah. Okay, I let's don't, do that. I don't mind either. Three Men and a Baby is what we will do next week. You can find it on Disney+. Plus. So, for Talking the Mickey, I have been Ian. <laughs> I've been Ellie. I've been Ethan. And apparently Ohana means whatever you want it to be until you don't need it to mean that anymore. And just a friendly reminder to make sure that you help control the mosquito population. <laughs> do not slap them. They are an endangered species. We'll see you next time. Bye.